five, four, three, two, one. Boom. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Classic Gaming Podcast. I'm Rob Ring. That was Alone in the Chaos with our intro music. Today's date's January 16th, 2016. With me are oh, yeah, Lake Slackaholicus Corey. Hi. That's a awful esportsy intro of you. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I see what you did there. Uh, and on the red side, we have Jay, Jay Morrow uh, Totoro. Correction, I'm spawning up in the northeast corner. Come on. <laughs> spawning up in the northeast corner? <laughs> Scrap station, dude. Uh, what was your favorite StarCraft II map? Go. Hmm. Um, I'll be honest, I like a lot of the new ones. Dead game. Ah! Too soon. No. Uh, I like the, the a lot of the newer maps are really big and they're like kind of four to six player and they're really nice for um for that like it, it makes the games a little bit more in depth and longer and stuff. Cool. cool. Um, let's talk about esports. So, all right. So real quick, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. Blake, can I get a uh uh all hail the mighty sovereign? <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um. Oh. Sounds real for ESPN now. All hail the mighty sovereign. <laughs> May Good, he rest like in peace. So we're, we're talking about David Bowie, by the way. Oh, that. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, it's a Venture Brothers. Venture Brothers. Yeah. But anyway, that was a big, that was a big, huge bummer. I actually found Alan Rickman more depressing than David really? Bowie. Really? Yeah. I'm not a big David yeah, Bowie Yeah, Bowie was for me. And what was yeah, funny is that um, right after the Bowie thing... I got on stream and I was like, man, I wonder, I was talking to my viewers and I was like, I wonder who's going to be the next one. Cause it's always in threes. Celebrity deaths are always in threes, man. Oh, really? and yeah. There are people that haven't heard about this before, which it's yeah. always shocks I'm me. I'm one like, of them. This is, this is a really weird heard this? Rule. Yeah. I never yeah. heard that. It's a people weird rule. It's another 69 year old too. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was, uh, well, no, cause there was some, yeah. it was a Lemmy and then David Bowie and then, Oh Albert. yeah. I forgot about Lemmy. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know what's crazy is Donald Trump 69, so people are hoping it's going to be him. Yeah, people are like, oh, it's going to be Trump. And it's like, you guys are... <laughs> that's Jesus what they think is going to stop Christ. Trump. Like, that's really going to stop him. He's going to fucking lead his nation as a zombie, dude. That guy's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was really sad. I, I'm a huge Alan Rickman fan. Just, just really I like Alan Rickman a lot, but, like, I... And it's not... I think I actually like Alan Rickman's work more than I like a lot of David Bowie's stuff. I'm not a huge Bowie oh, fan. Really? It's just that... David Bowie was a fucking artist. It wasn't just yeah. he was a musician. He was a creative genius whose mind was so far out there in regards to art and music and self-discovery and self-examination and recreating himself and new images and just creating all these new crazy ideas that it was – it just really came out of nowhere. And what, what yeah, I respect it. It was more. like uh, it's cancer. he had cancer. Okay, so they're both cancer. It was okay. like he was like so far ahead of the curve on like predicting trends and that kind of stuff. He was yeah. like three steps ahead of everybody all the time, and then constantly jumping forward on top of that. Yeah, it was. It's it's insane how how crazy he was. But I gotta say, I actually am a pretty big David Bowie fan. So uh, yeah, this the, it was it was pretty. It, it sucks. It's it, it's it, it blows big time. Yeah. Well, it's funny is that I, I mean, I knew about Bowie growing up and everything, and I was like, yeah, I don't really care. And what got me to check out more Bowie and to look into him and his history 
was Venture Brothers. As yeah. of- <laughs> I didn't know he did he do music or did he do voice acting for it? No, he was. They have a character neither. on the show that's based on Bowie. Oh, okay. It's literally David Bowie, the character, but it's not played by Bowie. Okay. I used to watch Venture Brothers when I was in high school, but not so much now. He shows he's not a big recurring character. He pops up a little bit at the end of season gotcha. two, and then he shows up a few more times as a smaller part. I'm David Bowie, and these are my diamond dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, it was that inspired me to go look into Bowie some more, and uh, I also took a history of rock and roll class in college, and I looked at him some more then as well. And it's just he's. I like a lot. I like some of his music. I like a lot of it. Um, stuff like Ashes to Ashes, which heavily inspired uh, one of the um, a lot of his big hits. I really like the sound of them. They sound great. But he wasn't anyone that I was ever like in love with myself. But his talents were undeniable. He was so incredible as an artist. Yeah, when I was like, I, I I wasn't really a big David Bowie fan until probably about three or four years ago. Like, I didn't, like, you know, listen to him all the time growing up or anything like that, like in high school. Like, But I don't remember what it was that turned me on to him. It may have been partly Venture Brothers for me as well. I really don't mm-hmm. actually remember. But at one point I was like, all right, I'm going to go. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to buy uh, uh, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and, like, listen to that because that's supposed to be, like, his really good album. And then, like, once I listened to that, I was hooked on it. And then I would, and then, you know, I obviously branched out from there and, and bought other stuff. So I would, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say at all that I'm like a lifelong diehard David Bowie fan, but I definitely consider myself a fan. I, I, I own probably six or seven of his albums. Well, it's more than me. But there's, but there's plenty more to, to be had. Oh, that, yeah. He's got own. like 15 albums or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, as far as Rickman and, um, Lemmy go, I mean, Lemmy, he's kind of a metal god, a huge part of the metal culture and rock culture. And I mean, I, Ace of Spades is great, but everything else, I don't know. It's just, it's never really clicked with me too much. Um, but like he was an icon. It was like, that was cool. So yeah. it was sad when he died. Who it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then Alan Rickman died and was like, well, now we've gotten our three out of the way. And everyone I know grew up on Harry Potter. Nope. So for them, like, this was the most tragic thing that could have happened, basically. <laughs> yeah. This was huge. Uh, for there's me, a, I didn't really grow up on it. Remember, Do- have you guys seen Dogma? I'm sorry, sure. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, see, Dogma is one yeah. of the movies that I really like. I do want to watch right. Die Hard. I haven't seen that in who knows how long. Wait, was he and in then, Die Hard? Yeah. Oh, I didn't He's know that, the villain. In the most recent one, or? No, 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 the first Die Hard. Jesus, I haven't seen it in a very, very, very long yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Hans Gruber. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You're <laughs> blowing Jay's mind right now. <laughs> I got to see this. Um, I'm trying to think oh, of man. some of the other big roles that of that he's done that I liked. I mean, well, Harry, actually, the Harry Potter movies were okay. He was uh, great in it, though. I mean, me, if you're at the books, yeah. he portrayed the character better than J.K. Rowling could have written it, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't say much. <laughs> uh, oh. Sick burn. <laughs> uh, oh, Galaxy Quest. That's the other one. I really like Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? Um, no way. Yeah. 
I can't remember the character's oh name. God. Let me check it out really quick. Yeah, Tim I don't Allen, either. Uh, yeah. He was Alexander Dane. He was the alien, the the character that in the show Galaxy Quest had the alien, the pink head stuff going on. So anyway, here I'm gonna link up. Oh, it's funny. I, like I was like thinking, I'm like, wait, we're doing a podcast. I thought we were just hanging out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta say something here. All right, I'm linking up the picture of him in the podcast for you. Yeah, yeah. That's Alan Rickman on the left. That's right. Oh wow. So I really want to watch Galaxy Quest and uh, and Dogma sometime soon. The other movie that I like really liked it was Love Actually. I don't know if you guys are seen it. Oh yeah, Love Actually is alright. No, I'm not a girl. My girlfriend is a huge fan of it. It's okay. not a terrible movie. It's a good movie. movie. Fuck you guys. Are you kidding me? It's not terrible, it's but... It's a good movie. Get out of here. What's your, uh, what's your guilty movie that you are embarrassed to say that you like? All of them. That I am or am not embarrassed? That you are embarrassed to like. <laughs> Probably that or Gone Girl, maybe? Gone Girl? That's uh, one of those two. Yeah, mine is Can't Hardly Wait. Did you guys ever see that? Oh, that's a fantastic movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, so Haven't we talked are, about like, that movie before? Crime on that movie. Or maybe I'm, I might have brought it up. Who knows? Oh man, dude. Because oh, I feel like Jay has had the same reaction before, or he rolled <laughs> over the movie. I don't remember. No, what's I mean the, that, uh, that is a fantastic movie, dude. In high school, like, oh my god. Uh, Viewer, this dude. is. Oh. Uh, and fucking Seth Green, Seth dude. Green. Remember the condoms? So yeah, dude. That movie. <laughs> He's so funny in that movie. When he has the He's fucking the skin goggles on his head. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I have a new answer. Fucking the mean best girl, parts dude, when, he's, when be... he's blow drying oh. his crotch in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> we talking about Is Venture somebody... Brothers again? I smell poop. <laughs> I, I smell poop. Yeah. I'm trying to tie Is it back it, in. Uh... Is it Melissa Joan Hart in that? It's, it, it, it feels like here? a man with a beard is yelling at my crotch. A man with a fever. A fever? Oh, I thought it was a beard. <laughs> no, it's fever, because he's hot. He's running hot. I got it. Okay. I, okay, that makes more yeah. sense. <laughs> I always thought he was... That is a, that, no, Robert, that, that is a fantastic movie. That's like... To me, that's like Breakfast Club. Like that, I actually that is like had one, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, I guess um, they've kind of fallen out of favor, like, really heavily. No one ever talks about them anymore. Uh, the Austin Powers movies. I don't think those are embarrassed to say, though. I mean, for, for the time, they were hilarious, like, when you first yeah, watched them. Yeah, I agree. Them. At the time, it was like... I, I wouldn't say the, the late now. Like watching them now, they're not funny. Like you, they're just gonna, <laughs> there's a lot of cringe fucking moments in it. But the fact that Austin Pl- or uh, what's his name, Mike Myers played so many roles was still really impressive. Yeah, like the bad guy in Halloween. <laughs> Shut the oh my fuck god! Up. I was like in my head, I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? Oh, fuck up, brother. I just finished a chocolate donut. Good for you. Nice. All right. All right, let's talk about video let's games. Let's talk about news. There's a video lot of games. news, I think, right? Is there? Uh, I've got, a, well, I've got like three things. Thing. Okay. I, don't, uh, I mean, just know one of them is kind of big. Okay. Don't really know about Do you want to go with the big one, or you want to save it for the explosive? Do it last. Let's ramp up. Okay. Um, <laughs> we got... Okay, so speaking of David Bowie, there's a game that I really didn't know about. I knew... The title of the game, but that's about it. Omicron, The Nomad's Soul, is a PC game that features David Bowie in it. And uh, it's a Square Enix game. They're giving that game away for free right now. 
Um, I don't know. Okay, it looks like it's go- this is going on until the 22nd. So I don't know if this this podcast will, will probably be up by then. But, yeah, it should be up by then for sure. But um, you got to just make sure you get it fast if you want it. Um, it looks like, I don't know, just do a search for Omicron, like, free <laughs> or something like that. Robert, I don't really know. It how Omicron Proci I H. Dude, I was thinking the same thing, dude. This is true what they say. So anyway, um, in memory of David Bowie, uh, Square Enix has given away that game for free right now. You can you, you can get it from. I think you have to go to Square Enix's store and find it there, and then they'll and then they give you like a code to like buy it. Like it's like a checkout code. Like I don't know, it's something. Yeah, it's something like that. It's not. It's a little bit more difficult than just than just clicking a button and downloading it. But so they're doing that. Um, I didn't know this, but a few years ago, um. A Boy and His Blob was remade. Yeah, it got uh, an HD remake. Yeah, and it's and it's getting yeah. So the remake is getting an HD re-release now. <laughs> Which system? <laughs> God, that's that sentence almost makes me sad. But yeah, uh, kind of yeah, I agree. Coming out on Xbone, PS4, and PC I'm January nineteenth. January. You've never 19th. heard of the Xbone? No. What? How have you never heard of it? called the X have you never heard the Xbox one called the X bone? Okay. I get it. I got it. Okay. Got it. now. Hold on. Let let me see. Chris, Zach, have you ever heard of the Xbox one referred to as the X bone? Okay. There you go. What do you say? (laughs) You couldn't hear him. They both said yes. And Lisa goes X bone. Cause she never heard of it. So anyway, yeah, I didn't I didn't know that this game was ever remade. Did y'all know? I guess Blake sounds like you I know. heard about it a bit and then it just disappeared. Like I remember hearing it about a couple weeks before its release or something, uh-huh. and I think I've heard about it once post release, and I was like, oh god, why? Is it is it any good? Do you have any idea if it's any good? I I played the original. Doubt it. I mean, yeah, I played yeah. the original, and the original yeah, wasn't exactly a good game. So yeah, it's not like an the original game was like a good idea. Yeah. Especially yeah, the game was really hard. It was like impossible to figure out what the hell was going on. Just like point and click adventures. It was a really cool concept. Oh. If, if you're not familiar with it, I mean, it almost is like it, it's kind of a point and click adventure, but just not with the pointing and clicking. But the mechanics yeah. are the mechanics are different, but Wait. the gameplay is very similar. Um, it's the same game, basically. It's so if you're not familiar with the boy and his blob, it, this, originally it was a Nintendo game, uh, and it was kind of like an adventure slash puzzle game, I guess. You go around, uh, you have this blob hopping around following you, and you have jelly beans, and when you feed them different flavored jelly beans, it turns them into different things, and you have to use that to like get to different parts of the world. It's really well explained in the game too, I promise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just starts you off. It literally just drops you into a fucking pit and goes, get out. Come on. Walk forward. You won't. No balls. You did it. All right, you're done with the tutorial. What? <laughs> yeah, the game is so hard. Um, don't really know much about the remake, but it's getting re-released. Um, Namco Bandai has partnered with Moth, which is like a company that makes these little wristbands. For kids, and I don't really know what the wristbands do in general, but what? <laughs> have y'all y'all haven't heard of this? No, I don't they're, think so. They're, <laughs> okay, no. so Namco Bandai is partnering with this company to make a version of Pac-Man that's 
iOS, you launch Pac-Man on an iPad, set it up like across the room or a couple feet away from you, you wear the wristband, point your wrist at the iPad to control I'm Pac-Man. <laughs> you lost me like 30 minutes ago. What? It is – so first off, they apparently didn't – never heard that the Power Glove was a piece of shit because this is basically yeah. Power Glove. Spoilers. And <laughs> – just watch the. I'll I'll edit this out while we're watching this for a second. But I want to hear I want to hear your reactions on this video, because the video, like trailer or commercial or whatever that they released for it is bizarre, and I don't think it's supposed to be. Oh, I clicked on the Galaxy Quest thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you don't actually. I was wrong. You don't point your arm at it. You like. Dude, I don't even know. Can somebody describe what you do? Like, I can't even think of a good one. Act way. like Pac-Man with your arms. You're, you're, imagine you you're doing stretching in the morning. That That's pretty much what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing jumping jacks without the jumping. <laughs> oh, my God. I am so... sideways. Oh, that's so sad. So there's that. That's that actually stuff. a thing? Like, how much does that cost? I don't know. If, I, I don't if think it's, it's more than yet. zero, they're not going to make any money. <laughs> Uh, Spoilers, they're not gonna um, I have no mouth and I must scream, which is a pretty good point and click adventure game. I played it a while back on the podcast. It was like I think one of the first games that I played for the podcast. It's got some definite problems, but it's overall I say it's a good game. It's coming out on iOS and Android, so check that out if you're interested. Uh Jay, what's the big news that you were gonna mention? Oh, I was talking about the ESPN thing, but I, I mean that was the biggest. Oh news right, for that was interesting. Okay. Yeah, this isn't really classic gaming, but I, I think it's interesting, so why don't, why don't you go ahead? Uh, basically, I mean, you, you may know more about it than I do. I just kind of read the Reddit post and kind of went in-depth. But essentially, ESPN started a um, – basically, they, they're expressing that they have a strong interest in esports, and they're starting like sort of like a subsidiary called ESPN Esports, and they're going to start doing like a shit ton of coverage for it. They're going to start – I'm imagining they're going to either host it on their app via like – some sort of partnership with Twitch, or maybe even just do it separately. But there's a lot of speculation that ESPN is going to get too involved and basically try to take over, because that's apparently what they're known for doing when they get involved in projects like this. They'll hmm. overdo it and kind of grasp the reins. And, hmm. yeah, that's that's what a lot of people are saying. But I don't know. It's, it's really, really interesting. It'll, I'm curious to see what happens. It is interesting. I don't know, like... You know, so three or four years ago when the three of us More used to be that. pretty heavy into esports, yeah, four or five, I guess, uh, there was, this was always kind of like a, a thing people were always wondering about, like, oh, wouldn't that be awesome if like esports were on TV or like, you know, if, if, if yeah. you know, once we, like, once ESPN, once we're on ESPN, like, then it's more legit, that kind of stuff. Well, I don't yeah. really know, like, you know, so so granted, I'm a little bit less interested in esports in general these days, but like, I do still think esports esports is pretty cool. I don't know if I'm really interested on in watching. I'm not happy about. It. I'm, I'm actually TV. more concerned about it. I think I think they what back in the day we were like, yeah, because this means that you know esports is a thing. Esports is already a thing. Yeah. There's no question about it. At this point, all it right. says to me is somebody is noticing that there's some money going around and they want a part of it. This is not with good intentions. It, it may turn out to be. I, I mean, don't know. Don't get me wrong. But. I mean, you can't say whether it's good intentions or not. I don't think. I think it's. Uh, I think it's uh, cool that ESPN is interested in it for. I mean, whatever reason. I mean, they're there to make sure. money. They're a business. Absolutely, it's a business. Yeah, yeah. I, I get you. But I get like, 
I just don't know if I'm interested in that. Yeah, I mean, you know, so a lot of people talk about, so ESPN has an app, right? And in order to view certain content, you have to have the app. And you have to pay, you have to have the ESPN Go, whatever the fuck it's called. And you have to pay money for it. And if you want to watch, you know, certain football games, oh, guess what? Well, it's only streamed on the ESPN app. And guess what? You have to have an ESPN account. And it's like, those are the kind of things that people are wondering about. Because, you know, right now, the market is dominated by the streamers. Twitch and MLG is, you guys heard the rumors about MLG? Well, they got yes. bought by Activision. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. not a rumor. Sorry, that's no, not a rumor anymore. Sorry, that's yeah. right. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, there's there's not a, there's not as many, or there's, there's one less competitor. So it's like, okay, what what is ESPN's plan? Are they going to work with Twitch and stream off there and, and pull, you know, uh, through Twitch? Or that, that's that's kind of what I'm wondering. But I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm curious about it. I'm not too concerned. Like like you said, I, I'm not overly involved in esports at this point. It's not my main focus anymore so it'll be interesting i just don't see what espn can bring to the table that isn't already there i mean sure there's plenty of stuff i'm sure that can be done that's not being done yet uh i think but i mean i don't know i just don't you know we'll see what happens exactly i would definitely keep tabs i I just want to know i personally i just want to know what blake had to think if he heard anything or if he had any opinion on it um, I haven't heard anything different, okay. like in regards to Twitch or anything like that. I would not be surprised to not see ESPN want to give any of their business, any of their money, any anything Likewise. to Twitch. Um, they seem like they'll just go, "No, we're ESPN. We'll do what we want," and that'll be about it. <laughs> Why do you guys think the MLG bot uh, was purchased by Blizzard AK Activision? Well, I mean, MLG—they were basically like they were in the red, right? More or less, yeah. That's that's kind of like they had a lot of debt. They did have one market pretty well covered, and that's what I think it has to do with. I think it has to do with the FPS market. I think that they did. Well, yeah, yeah. MLG. I mean, they are. You know, they put on pretty good tournaments. I don't think uh, it was run very well as a. I don't think it was run well as a business. Um, Who was the owner that we used to read stuff about all the time? uh, Sundance. (laughs) What's his name? What's his I don't Giovanni. even remember if that's a... Giovanni, yeah, 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 Sunday yeah. Giovanni. Like, I don't know. I just don't think it was run very well as a business, but they did put on a good show. So I think Activision was like, all right, well, they've, you know, they've got all this stuff in place. Uh, they've got the audience. They've got the technology. They've got the knowledge of how to, of how to, of how to run these events pretty well. But... I disagree. MLG, they probably were not... Uh, viable from a business standpoint, so Activision probably bought them, saying like, okay, we can we can handle this better, or at least we've got the money to like you know cover whatever debt they've got, and then you know maybe promote our stuff a little bit more strongly. I I, I purely think they're going to do exactly what they did IPL. I think the idea is to pull and gut it and strip the um basically the title away. Like they are going to take what they need from it and leave the rest behind. I I don't think it's it, it by any means to help MLG. I think MLG this was pretty much it for them, and there was no other option. I think you're right. I think they were very far in the red, and there was it was either this or you know, GG essentially. Well, I mean, okay, so I don't know if it'll necessarily be MLG anymore, right? But I think they will use some of MLG's talents and assets. I agree. They're gonna, exactly but I don't know. Saying. Okay. We're saying the same thing then. Okay, and then obviously with Overwatch, I think this is this is a big flag as to the, what they're planning to do with Overwatch. I think this is. Part of the reason they did it was for Overwatch. 
and what their plans are. So I'm sure they're going to, I'm sure they're planning on tying that in somehow. Oh, without a doubt. I don't see any reason yeah. why it would, but yeah. All right. There's, I guess we're, talk. We're, yeah. we're, we're kind of, we're kind of in a position now where it's like these events are being run more and more by the game publishers themselves. Yeah. Things like Capcom got, Cup. Capcom, yeah, I didn't even think of that yeah. one. Then there's Riot and uh, uh, Valve's, or not Valve, Steam, uh, yeah, Valve's Dota Championship. <laughs> um, and then Steam's there was all platform. there was already, huh? which I mean is, is why was the platform, it? not the right? Company. Yeah, <laughs> I would get, yeah, I get confused because Jay always calls Steam everything. Well, it's a pile of shit. So, <laughs> especially after you know the issue recently, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, that was that was pretty big. Yeah, it was. Anyways, cool. Um, and the only other thing was, um, I don't think I guess this was between the last episodes, but uh, awesome games done quick. Oh yeah, that's right. Has come and gone. Did any of you guys watch very much of it? Oh, a little quite a bit. bit, but this year I didn't. Uh, there just wasn't that much that interested me. Really, See, there was there were yeah. a lot of games that I was really interested in watching this year. Most of them were like really late or really early in the morning, and I just missed them. There were some really yeah. stupid fucking games that were on, though. I, I was like really annoyed at times. Kind of what you were saying, like late at night and early in the morning were the ones that I wanted to watch, and I was usually leaving for work or or going to bed when they were on. And I watched some of the dumbest fucking games I'd never want to watch ever again. There were a couple like 2013, 2014 Steam games that were like indie that I've never even heard of that people are speed running, and it was just. Okay, well, that could mean a lot. I, that could. I know, but you know what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I don't want to watch somebody speedrun a 2014 Steam sale. Fucking why? 99. I don't Does know because it... it's not interesting. I want to see like, I don't know, some of the stuff that I've either played or seen or heard of. I really want to know what games these are that you're. It was that... primarily the first day because I watched most of first day. Like first okay. five hours or so was just to me it was just dog shit, and then it like really think... got into the good games. Okay. All right. I I don't think I think. You have a misconception of which games are good. What do you mean? I, <laughs> Why? Like, like I think these games are probably better games than you're giving them credit for. Maybe. It, it just was not interesting to watch, and the people who were running them were like, I don't know. And they were like two-and-a-half-hour games. That was the worst part. I don't mind if they're like, you know, an hour, 45 minutes or something for these games, but it's like two-and-a-half hours. Dude, most of the games are like two-and-a-half hours. No, dude, there was like a day where I watched like... 15 or 16 different titles. Like, it was so quick. It was, like, really short, quick games. Okay. Fight me, Robert. Fight me. Did y'all see the blind Mike Tyson punch-out race? Dude, that was awesome. No, I missed that one. But did you hear that uh, one of the guys in that, Sinister One, actually got the blindfolded uh, world record after he came back home from AGDQ? I did not. No, I didn't didn't hear that. I don't remember what the time is. I want to say like twenty three eleven or something like that. That is so crazy, man. Like it's when I watch that, I'm like, I can't beat that game. Like, <laughs> fuck this guy. <laughs> um, By the way, the, the other... first day is like, I'm I pulled up the schedule. It's there was Splatoon, and then Kirby games, and then like Diddy Kong and Mario. I don't no, know what, what you're talking about. It was not the first yeah. day because I watched. I actually enjoyed most of those. The Diddy Kong one, I actually really enjoyed watching. Because I want to see how fast... The, the fucking uh, boat and flying levels. That shit was actually really fun to watch. I really wanted to see, like, uh, Fez and Hotline Miami. 
but those were at really weird times. Uh, Diablo 2 was pretty interesting. I didn't see that. I, I love watching the VODs afterwards. I for it. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, there, so I didn't watch this. I saw like a clip of it, uh, but I didn't even end up watching the whole thing because I think I was it was I was busy when I was when I heard about this. But there was an, apparently an insane crypt of the Necrodancer run. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah, go ahead. You probably know more about it than me. Um, Spooty Biscuit, who has now become a superstar. Uh, he's been talked about on some major gaming news sites. I don't remember which ones. Uh, he did the hardest character in the game, Coda, which is a character that is even difficult to unlock, and the character has a ton of stipulations for him. He's three different characters combined into one. To explain what the game is, Crypt of the Necrodancer is a rhythm-based roguelike. Think of it as a roguelike, a turn-based roguelike, where every turn has a timer. And those timer, the timers are very short, and it's determined by the beat of the music. So it'll be like, bum, 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 bum. You'll get a rhythm like that, depending on which stage you're on. And this character, Coda, plays at double rhythm. So the song is the same beat, but you have to press your buttons twice as often. Uh, he also cannot pick up any gold. Every enemy in the game drops gold on the ground. If you pick up gold, you're instantly killed. Uh, and then the other character, uh, he also cannot miss a single beat the entire time. So you have to press every single beat in a song for the entire playthrough of this character, which is going at double time. It's an incredibly difficult character to play. There's only like a dozen people in the world that have even finished the character. And he went up there and he pulled off a fantastic... Did it on stream. That's crazy. Yeah. I watched part of it. I didn't understand it, but I think that game is actually really fun to watch. Yeah, it's pretty great. And also, and also, like, aside from, I mean, the game is hard for me just like playing it regular. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and doesn't he also have like the weakest weapon in the game? Did you already say that? Oh yeah, he. I, it's one of the other rules of the characters that he incorporates. He's unable to upgrade his weapon the entire time. Didn't he not collect gold as well, or something like that? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one I meant. Yeah. Um, if, oh, if, if you if you do get the gold, then you die. You instantly, oh, okay. and there's and there's gold everywhere. Yeah, every enemy will drop gold on the ground. Uh, so you have to like create paths to walk around the gold to be able to get to the next room and to get to the stairs at the end of each stage. The character also has a much limited um, pool of items. If you ever get hit the entire time, you're dead as well. You also can never upgrade your weapon, so you're only able to attack one square to any side of you. Uh, you can't attack two squares to the side of you, like some of the weapon upgrades can get you in the game. Uh, and your weapon can only do one damage, unless you find equipment that upgrades... Uh, other pieces of equipment can upgrade your damage, but you can never have your range upgraded. Uh, you can get up to a fairly silly amount of damage uh, with a Karate Gi, which doubles your damage, a Ring of Might... And a uh, strength charm. I think that's all of the items that up your damage that you can get on him. So you can get up to doing like um, five or six damage a swing, something like that. So my understanding of this game really was there's no way to memorize it, correct? It, it's, some of it is. Um, he was. There are ways to do runs that will be the exact same, but he was doing okay. an unseated run. He'd actually been practicing a seated run in case the unseated run was going poorly. 
but the unseated run went fantastically, and he pulled it off. Uh, so it's Crypt of the Necrodancer is a roguelike. Again, like I said, it's all randomly generated. It's uh, procedurally generated stuff. So he doesn't know when he's going to find what item and where, which bosses he's going to be fighting at any given time, etc. So there's a lot of planning and thought that has to go into the run, even just from really the first floor. Too. As a runner. He's a pretty cool guy. He yeah. obviously knows his shit about the game. If I'm well, everybody call- who does that knows it. It's just how they portray it. Because there are some runners that go, and you're like, this guy would be awkward <laughs> to talk to in real life. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Spooty Biscuit was also the world first clear of Coda, if I'm remembering things Jesus. correctly. Oh, okay. That's crazy. And he's had the world yeah. record for the character, as far as I know... Uh, Almost the entire time. I think one person beat him for a bit. Yeah, that was that was a really fun thing to watch. Hear my girlfriend? She's running yeah. Dungeons and yeah. Scrubs, and then she's getting an ego on her. She's playing Final Fantasy, and she's <laughs> you hear her raging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a killer. Final, fucking not Final getting Fantasy. Out of AOE. Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> she's used to me tanking, so like. She's fucking running with these. <laughs> I actually got back into 14 recently. That game is really good, dude. It's really it's fucking good. It's really, really good. That There's a reason yeah. that I was finally like, screw it, man. I want to play some more 14. It's I, a- I may end up playing it very soon, actually, like in the next yeah. like, month or so. But, I thought you were going to say, like, in, like, in the next 30 minutes. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I may just bounce out of here. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of other runs that I got to catch. Yeah, I was trying to think of some, too. Like, I don't, like, not a whole lot of them stood out. To me, this time, like, I, I saw some really good stuff, but nothing that I can really remember. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually there was one I day in particular where I watched a lot of stuff in the afternoon. Um, maybe it was Friday. Um, no, that was a bunch of the Mega Man stuff, which I didn't see too much of. Super Mario Bros. Yeah. Two was um, Super Mario Galaxy by a guy that I know, 360 Chrisum, was pretty cool, really, really comfy. The guy's a great runner. He's on my Twitch team. The Wigglers, uh, he did fantastic with the run. Uh, I swear, I could have sworn that there was something around that time. Maybe the last day? Oh, oh, the task bot block was, as always. That was really fun. Amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> task bot's a fucking treat. Is that newer? Because I don't remember that. Like no, that's been at the last uh, couple GDQs. Okay. As um, I know it was at the last day's SGDQ because I was there and I watched it live. And I watched it turn Twitch chat into, like, start reading it and outputting it. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, and then it was, I'm sure it was at the AGDQ before that. And then I don't remember if it was at anything before then. I swear, one of these days I watched a ton of games, and it was a good time. I don't remember which damn day it was, though. I sent in a donation, and I was trying to... Did you really? Think of, yeah, I was trying to think of the dumbest thing I could get him to say on the stream, but they didn't say it. It was... Oh, Robert, message. speaking of that, remember what? we were talking about the other night? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, you want to talk about it? Because that, that is like the only thing I don't like about HGQ. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, we can, we can go ahead and bring that up. So, yeah, so this is what Jay and I were, were talking about. We were like, yeah, it's pretty, it's, we we're like, you know, yeah, if you've been watching it, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, except, if I hear kill the animals one more time, I'm one more fucking just time, off myself. Oh my god. 
Like whoever like, whoever donates and goes, Heh, this is gonna be really funny. Uh, you're gonna be severely disappointed because it's not funny at all. It's just fucking dumb. It is the dumbest thing ever. I, I don't understand it at all. Like I understand the joke, but I don't understand why people think it's funny. Like you're very quiet right now. Well, it's not a joke. There's it's, it's not a supposed donation to be funny, incentive. but it still bothers me. Yeah. It's a donation incentive for two different categories, and it because of how much money goes towards the save or kill the animals incentive, they talk about it a lot because it helps bring in even more money. I guess that makes sense. Like to I don't know. It's still just. Ugh. I I'm I'm with you on the it's still just. <laughs> I, I mean, the reason behind it, sure, I, I, I get that. It's for a good cause. Just, oh god, yeah. Um, I was about to say something else, but I don't remember what it was. Good story. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah, that. my my the message that I sent them when I sent the donation was I just wrote, "Getting silly up in the dilly," and they didn't. Did you it. really? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, what the? I was like, with you. (laughs) I really wanted to hear him say it on the stream. They didn't. I'm shocked. Uh, fifty dollars. And every time I heard him go, what? Every time I heard him go, we got a fifty dollar donation. I'm like, oh yes, this is good. They're gonna say it, but then it was somebody else. Wow, that's really that's actually you. You live a wild and crazy life, Robert. I appreciate you. <laughs> Lisa, I just heard Lisa agree with Blake in the background. No, she's saying great fairy fountain. What the fuck are you doing? No, she's for? agreeing with Blake. <laughs> God, Robert. Do you remember hey. in Final Fantasy XI how yeah. if you got the boat, the sea monster could kill you? No. That made You don't really? No. I, I only play the, the game like a very limited amount. I remember the boat that, yeah. Rides the so sea horror, sea terrors, or whatever they were called. Yeah, it made the boat rides so exciting. There was a boat you could get to go to. Like, well, not really, back. because all you had to do was hide in the cabin, because they couldn't get in there. Well, but they if you... would just hang out on the surface. Of but the, the surface if you were right? outside and then ran into the cabin, it could follow you in. The tentacle could. Well, yeah, why would you go outside? Because that made it more exciting. Whoop-de-doo. I'm glad... You know well, what? I'm glad... Here, here, let's talk about top one thing that Slack slash Blake hates about classic MMOs. Travel time bullshit. I'm glad that they did away with that for the most part in Final Fantasy fourteen. You can teleport to whatever crystal you want. Uh, the chocobo rides are there, but whatever. If you ride a boat, you're instantly teleported to the next zone after a very quick, like, two-second cutscene. Shit like that. I'm glad that it's moved towards that. Thanks, Final Fantasy fourteen. I think that's probably a good game design decision, but yeah, yeah. it was still exciting to ride on the boat. I'm going to peek my head out. Time. I'm going to go up on deck and see what's going on. Because I'm what? A WoW fanboy. I mean, I don't mind that any of them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you ever play Guild Wars so why don't we... <laughs> Yeah, Guild Wars 1 let you teleport most places. Well, I'm oh, sorry. The except original... then when you had to walk through the zones. Exactly. To get... <laughs> and there were, you couldn't skip shit. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's actually walking through the zone and doing something. That's not literally sitting still on an airship as it goes through the skies. Like you're just really impatient, man. Take a deep breath. Do you want to hug? I've got better shit to do than have ten minutes wasted. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot your day super by an famous airship. Like, I always forget yeah. how famous you are now. I, I am. That's my D. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm not even going to get out of bed for less than $200,000, son. 
Jesus <laughs> <laughs> Christ, Blake. <laughs> I love talking to you. It's always a treat. <laughs> so, how about those retro videos? Oh, yeah, that's what we're here for. I always forget. <laughs> Robert, you got to keep us on track better, man. The fuck? It's, it's more fun just to let you all have it. We, we've been talking for 50 minutes about nothing. This is literally, yeah, literally. an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> no, dude, it's been a lot more than 15 minutes. 50. 50. 5 oh, 0. Okay, yeah, 50. Yeah. Yes, that's Jeez, right. That's correct. It's actually been more like 40, maybe even as low as 30. Really? Because I show it's been. My timer. Forty seven. No, but we didn't Blake. start right away. As soon as the call started. We oh, that's true. Right we started pretty soon after. Yeah. So I think it's forty minutes. Whatever. The time doesn't matter. That's. Whatever. All that matters is that we're enjoying each other's company right now. I fucking. I don't. Think. Well, um, unfortunately, you know, I hate to spoil it for you. <laughs> Sorry to say this, Roberto. <laughs> like I'll let you go first since you're not having a good time. Having a good time. Having a good time. <laughs> having a good time. Um, I played through, I finished my Mother Saga playthrough of the Mother series. I finished Earthbound 1, the Mother Saga. I beat Mother 1, a.k.a. Earthbound Beginnings, a.k.a. Earthbound Zero. Uh, as cool as that game started off, it actually got really annoying by the end. Uh, I, t- I believe I briefly talked about that on the previous podcast. Uh, I was actually shocked. I remember what you said about the end. Uh, I didn't talk about the end. I talked about, oh, okay, I started okay. playing it. Come on, Robert. Gotcha. Come on, man. Um, I started playing it, and I was really blown away by the music, which continued to be the case for the rest of the game. It sounded amazing. And (laughs) the gameplay was okay. Until it started to get later in the game, and then they, they they just start fucking with you. You start running into this giant robot that you cannot fight. It one shots your entire party no matter what. To take it on, the first time you see it, you have to grab a tank. To get this tank, you have to go on a bunch of different airplane rides from this guy nearby who gives you enough tickets that you eventually – he lets you rent his tank, basically. It's like, Sorry. all right, all right, I'm renting your tank after these airplane rides. Whatever, it's cool. <laughs> uh, these tickets all take up inventory space, by the way, and you have an annoyingly limited inventory space in this game. It's even worse than Earthbound, oh, believe geez. it or not. Yeah, it's that bad. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so you get you blow this guy up with your tank. Then the tank's all busted. The person you rented it from is like, you got to pay me 250 bucks to get this thing repaired, you know. And then he gets it repaired. And then later, one of the people on your team leaves your team, and he's like, well, I'm going to go for a while. Catch you later. And then some el- someone else joins. And this other guy can equip swords and katanas and stuff. He's the leader of a gang, and then he joins your team, and you've had a sword sitting in your storage space that you found at, like, the first hour or two of the game, and it's just been sitting there waiting, and you're like, oh, my God, I finally have the guy that can wear this. But it's weird that this other guy left the team, but it's okay because he kind of sucked anyway. It's a huge – it's nothing but an upgrade. So this new guy joins the team. You give him his sword, and then in the next boss battle, you fight the robot again, and he gets hurt and leaves the team. And then you have the weak guy back. It's like, what the f- Why did this even happen? It's literally, you recruit the new guy, you go into this mountain pass, you climb up the mountain a ways, and then you fight the robot guy again, and the nerd character, the weak nerd character, gets in a tank and comes and saves you guys. And then the other, the new guy gets hurt, and he leaves. That's it. So then you fight, you fucking, 
you climb up this mountain some more. And by the way, at this point, the game has gotten so frustratingly difficult that it's not even worth fighting most things. Uh, it gets into that old thing of like, well, we're near the end of the game. Let's just screw the player over as much as we can and have them get one shot at almost all the time. Oh, man. So you get up the mountain, you go into this underwater laboratory, and you meet this robot who joins your team and is like <gasps> 40 feet tall. And then what happens once the robot joins your team? You fight another one of the big robots again. <laughs> and it beats up your big robot friend that you had for one random fight. <laughs> And then that character's gone. So this game, at this point, it just has people coming in out of in and out of your party like four different times at the end of the game over the course of two hours. And it's just like, why are you wasting my time with this? This is this enemy is doing nothing but acting as a plot device to kick somebody's ass over and over and over. And I'm really tired of it. So you finally get up to the very, very, very top of the mountain. And eventually you get to the last boss, which is the technically also the last boss of Earthbound. Except this time he actually has a form. You're fighting this alien that I was hoping was actually going to be a better developed character this time around compared to what you get out of Earthbound, where it's like, this is Gygus. He's crazy evil. I'm going to turn off this machine and he's going to really wreck your face now. <laughs> Except it doesn't change. It basically, you meet him and he's like, I'm going to destroy your planet. Do you want to join me? No? Okay, I'm going to destroy your planet. And then you go in the fight and the way that you beat him, it's a, it's a mother game, so you can't just go out there and fight him and use your strongest spells that you've been grinding up levels for. No, you have to sing at him. And the reason you're singing at him is because, from what I understand of plot synopsis that I read before I played the game... What you're actually, what's happening here is that, uh, you're fighting Gygus again, except here he's called Gigwe. And he was raised by your, uh, by your grandparents, I think. And the song that you're singing to him is the lullaby that your grandmother sang to him when he was a baby alien. And so that makes him feel, and it makes him remember what it's like to love. And then he dies and runs away. <laughs> dies and runs away. Dies and runs away. That's how it happens. And that's in the that end of the order. game. Yes, in that order. Okay, just make sure. It's, uh, I don't know exactly. I think it's somewhere I've read synopsis on this about what happens to him between Mother 1 and Mother 2, aka Earthbound. And like the fight <laughs> against uh, the character in Mother 1 leaves him feeling extremely weak. And beaten to crap and all this. And that leads into the events of Mother 2. He's not quite dead, but he's he doesn't have his powers. Reminds me of Team Rocket or Team Rocket or something. Gigue <laughs> <coughs> is blasting off again. Dude, I just fucking is... swallowed water in my lungs. Oh god. Yeah, i kind of, the game sounds kinda of like besides a few obvious problems, it sounds kinda of like a pretty cool story actually to me. It would be if the story was told more. It's not until the last hour or maybe two hours where the game is like, yo, aliens. All right? Huh? Yeah. Aliens are here wrecking shit, son. So go out there and sing at them, okay? All right. <laughs> so would you recommend it for Earthbound fans or not? 
Earthbound fans, yeah, I think it's worth a playthrough. Definitely play the 25th anniversary edition. That helps not require as much grinding and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes the combat sprites mostly better, according to most people that were watching the playthrough of it. And it's it's worth it, I would say. Just don't play the original release from what I've heard of it. Don't okay. buy the version that's on the Wii U if you want to tell Nintendo that we want more mother games over here, but don't play it. Get the ROM of the hack. Get the hacked ROM, basically. That's awesome. Wait, what's 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 up with the hacked ROM? Uh, the hacked ROM makes it's the 25th anniversary edition, the one I just said. Wait, which I makes thought, everything easier, etc. I thought the I thought the version that was no. on the Wii U was easier. It's not. No. Oh, not okay. Okay. No, I a few people in my chat were like, no, it's the same old version, which is what I've heard before too. So. It seems to be okay. the case. Um, all right, Earthbound, we've talked about it a bunch on here before. The only thing I have to add, I talked about this line a ton the last time, and I couldn't remember exactly what it was, and I was very upset. So at this, at one point, you go up this, uh, you go up Monotoli building, and you be, you meet Porky up at the top of the building, and he's a giant fuckface. And he's got two guards sitting next to him, and the two guards, their lines are, one says, you won't get away from me, kid. And then the other one says, get away from me, kid. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Really well done, quirky lines of the game that gave Earthbound so much amazing character. We've talked about Earthbound a lot. I'm probably going to make some comparisons ne- to that because next game I played was Mother 3. To close Wait, out his the- name is Pokey. You just called him Porky, right? He's technically, his name is actually supposed to be Porky. Okay, but in the U.S. version, it does in say Pokey. In the U.S. version, he's right? called Pokey, but his okay. name is supposed to be Porky, because he's gotcha. supposed to be pig-like. Right, okay. Yeah, it was just a mistranslation error that uh, I glan- I completely ignored on my playthrough of Mother 3 until the end, and someone was like, wasn't he called Pokey in Earthbound? And I was like, uh, oh yeah, I guess he was. <laughs> How about that? Uh <clears throat> So, Mother 3, I've already talked a bunch, a lot more than I thought about, uh, than I thought I would talk about Mother 1, so I, I'll try to keep this fairly succinct. Mother 3 is the sequel to Mother 2, aka Earthbound, that has never made a release outside of Japan. The only way to play it currently is a hacked ROM, or if you know Japanese, you can import it and play it that way if you want. Uh, it was released on the GBA, the Game Boy Advance, in 2006, and Earthbound was released in 1996. So there was a 10-year gap in between the release of these two games. Uh, when you compare that to the release of Mother 1 and Mother 2, where there was only about a 5-year gap, it's kind of easy to see why there would be such a tonal change in the story and in the gameplay as well. So the story is somewhat Dragon Quest 4-ish in that it uh, to start off with you play as different characters you don't play as the main character for the first couple chapters you do in the very very early prologue but then you start playing as his, uh, the main character's father in the next chapter and then in the chapter after that you play someone else and it's not until chapter 4 out of 8 chapters I believe where they finally have you as the main character and you have your team together what I don't mind this concept, except it ends up hampering 
the rest of the game's pacing. The game's pacing is actually thrown off very, very, very hard by this. And it also creates the problem where I personally, this is, this is a very feelsy game in the ending. I'm actually, you know, we're going to talk about the ending here. If you don't want spoilers for Mother 3, go ahead and fast forward through this part. I don't want spoilers. Seconds. Well, too bad. I'll get, get some water. Well, I'm not going to talk about the spoilers right now. Okay. I'm going to get to them eventually. Okay. Uh, so the first couple chapters, you're playing as other characters, you're playing as his father. Uh, this happens very early on. This part's not that much of a spoiler. The main character's uh, mother gets killed by a Tyrannosaurus Rex, basically. They call them Dragos <laughs> in the game, but it's, it's a T-Rex. Uh, normally, these creatures are all very friendly. So you go, she dies, blah, blah, blah. His, your dad is looking for your uh, missing twin brother, and you want to avenge – or no, your dad wants, wanted to avenge the death of your mother, but it turns out that the thing that killed your mother also has a child, and the person traveling with your father right then is like, don't kill the thing. Look, it's got a child as well. Have some sympathy. And so then he starts looking for your twin brother a bunch. He spends the next three years doing this. It's all he does. He visits your mom's grave, and he tries to find your missing twin brother. Uh, there are other things going on as well, and it doesn't – nothing gets explained very well until the very end when it's all just dumped on you as exposition. There's like two or three different points in the game where there's just this huge exposition that happens. Oh, shit, indeed. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's at least it's fucking loud. <laughs> Where the hell was that? All right. Um, so for me, frankly, there's not that much happening with a lot of the story for most of the early game. It's a lot of silly writing, but I don't – I never felt that attached to anything. I didn't feel like it was too cohesive. It tells the story very differently than Earthbound does, and I think – but it still writes it in the same way. And Earthbound, for me – works but mother three doesn't uh we've got uh, like all this character jumping around stuff and i i feel like gets in the way while there, it does happen in earthbound it doesn't get in the way of the story it's brief it's an introductory to this other character it's a small arc for them to help join the party and here it's like there's these characters like you play as a monkey at one point and the monkey is just a monkey he doesn't end up helping <laughs> team that much he's tied to one of the villains of the game but he doesn't really do anything else he shows back up later and stops you from getting eaten by the super duper scary monster uh the main villains of the game are uh it's actually porky making a return and what's happened is that he is basically living forever he can't die and he wants to make the world miserable so he's come to this island this is the last bastion of humanity on the planet uh at the beginning of the game you don't know any of this this is all just dropped in his exposition later where the whole planet is like humanity has destroyed itself it's this very ah technology and humans are bad they're always going to ruin their own lives kind of a bullshit thing and then it porky's upset so he wants to make everyone else miserable so he has come to this island the last place where there are any humans left and that humans came there because they wanted to forget everything that they knew. So they mind wiped themselves. 
And Porky shows up and he starts making the creatures around there into chimeras. He starts splicing things together. You fight all sorts of nonsensical enemies like a cow that's been spliced with a snake. So it has a snake neck. Uh, you fight uh, just a bunch of other stuff like that. I can't actually remember some of the specifics right now. But goofy little enemies like that. And then you go and you confront Porky... And it turns out that uh, there's this masked man that's been going around. And he's your twin brother that you fight once and that you see like three times in the game. And that there's no attachment to your twin brother other than the game telling you he's your twin brother and he's been missing. And this is where the game ends up losing me a lot because it pulls all this super emotional nonsense without any attachment to a lot of these characters. Like the mother dies early in the game. And it's supposed to be tragic because that's the mother. That's there's no real reasons given beyond it's your mother. She doesn't have any character development. She sends off one letter, one letter to your father, and that's it. That's her character. And then she dies. Then your twin brother disappears after being only in the prologue. You have no character attachment to him. He doesn't have any weight uh, as a person aside from this is supposed to be your twin brother. Your dad misses him very much. Yeah. And so the last boss fight ends up being against your twin brother. And it's a, quote, boss fight, again, because the Mother series can't have a normal boss. So what it does instead is it has you, uh, you have to, do, you just outlast him. You just survive long enough for your mother's spirit to speak to him from beyond the grave and convince him that he needs to stop fighting. Uh, your dad ends up jumping in the way of one of the attacks that he sends out at you. Your dad gets hurt. He doesn't end up dying. And I, for me personally, that's the only part of the game where I feel any emotional attachment is the father. I feel a lot more attachment to the father than I do from anyone else in the game because the main character's story arc is that he disappears for a while. You don't play as him for a long time, but he's a crybaby. And then when you finally do play as him, he's not a crybaby anymore. He's grown strong, and now he's ready to fight. That's That's it for him. And then you go fight your twin brother, you defend against him, you heal against his attacks, you wait for your mom to make him take off his mask and then kill himself. Because that's deep, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so All the right. reason Porky had your brother as this masked robot man who had no heart or anything is because there's seven needles. And uh, like I talked about earlier... The world, all the humanity's killed itself off except for a couple hundred people or however many. And the idea is that there's this dragon sleeping under the island where the rest of humanity has gone off to. And this dragon was put to sleep by the world's best acupuncturist, I guess, because he has seven needles stuck in him that are keeping him asleep. And when all seven needles are pulled, the dragon's going to wake up and he's going to reset all of time and space. That's pretty cool. Kind of. He's going to make a decision on what he does based on the heart of the person that pulls the needles. So through the course of the game, there are seven needles. The masked man pulls three of them, and the masked man's heart is actually empty. It's not even a dark heart. It's an empty heart. It's very specifically stated that every time he pulls a needle, um, the people are like, oh, man, I can't even sense any heart whatsoever that was put into this spot. And you end up pulling three of the needles as well. So you confront your brother at the very last needle in the game, and you defend 
you wait him out, and then he kills himself, and then you go and pull the last needle, so three needles have no emotion whatsoever put into them, and four of the needles have the heart, your heart, your good, kind, whatever heart, has been uh, absorbed by the dragon, and apparently that's enough for the dragon to be okay, but I've all, I, I've never agreed with the idea that the other, like, there'd be any risk at all at having the masked man pull the needles because he doesn't have any heart. There's no intention there. So what's even going to happen if he pulls that last needle, or if he pulls all seven, or whatever? I mean, even just pulling one needle as the main character would be enough to instill good into the dragon, because otherwise there's nothing. It's just such a weird idea. And so you pull the last needle, whatever, the game ends, and it turns out that the dragon was good, and he let everybody live, and he, other things are going to happen next, but we don't know exactly what. Other things are going to happen next. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the ending to the game, and that's the way that Shigesato Atoi, the man behind the Mother series, chose to end it. He wanted it as a trilogy. Uh, it's... Well... Uh, I, I, I can get why people... Are uh, like the game to a degree, but I don't feel like it's anywhere near what um, what Earthbound did. It's a lot of the same formula, but it's done in a different way, and I don't feel like it works as well because it tries to be very emotional about it. Whereas Earthbound is attached and aloof, and it works very well. And this game is very attached. It's very emotional, and I just don't get there with Mother 3. It's an okay game. I feel like it makes some changes to the combat that are cool, but at the same time not. Uh, the big thing about Earthbound's combat was that the text, uh, you've got the rolling HP system and the battle text, you can get through it really fast and recover before your HP drops too low. And in this game, the same thing does not happen. Uh, the battle text moves quite slowly. You can't just mash your way through it. You'll mash your way through it and then it'll pause for a second and cause this attack animation to play out and then the text will freeze for another second and then you can move on to the next attack happening it's like come on i just want to get to my party again so i can heal them and it doesn't let you do that quite in the same fashion instead what they do with this one is that they make it so you're able to like use guard the guard or or the defend status to uh slow down how fast your HP bar is rolling. It still has the HP rolling system, but it doesn't move as fast when you're guarding. So the next thing that it does, uh, I mean, you've got the HP rolling. What pissed me off so much is that there would be a lot of times when my HP would be rolling and I would try, I would get my heal off in time, but it would sit there at the heal text and just wait for the person's HP to reach zero when that should not have happened. And that got on my nerves multiple times during my playthrough. I was really pissed about that. The other change that it, the combat makes that I don't feel adds anything to the game, as much as I love the game's music, it doesn't. this doesn't help anything. What it does is it makes it in combat so that you can, use, you can perform a combo attack if you're pressing the buttons in rhythm with the base of the song with the rhythm of the song but i don't agree with where the rhythm is a lot of the time for one not to mention since i don't agree with where the rhythm is i'm not usually taking advantage of this mechanic at all 
Because of that, uh, my playthrough is largely without that, and you can completely finish the game without doing that for the most part. I, I would just be mashing through a lot of my combat, and I would pull off a two-hit combo, and that was about it. And that's all I would need most of the time. And it's just a mechanic that I feel doesn't add anything at all, and if anything, it just detracts. Uh, overall, like I said, Mother 3, eh. Yeah, it's I funny, because uh, I feel like you talked about that one the most. I did. Well, that's because I, it's a game that I've played through before, and I know I wanted to replay it to see if I felt any differently about it, going into it knowing that it's a very different game. And it didn't change my opinion. Uh, it was the same kind of thing it felt like for me. I was disappointed because this time around, I knew what to expect. So... I was able to look at it as its own game, and even then, it does... Like I said, I guess the biggest problem I have with it is just that it's very Earthbound still. It's written the same way, and that aloofness, that goofiness, but then it also tries to be very emotional, and I just don't... I can't get emotional with the way that it's written. That's interesting. I was watching you, I was watching you play it a little bit. I like the graphics. Uh, the graphics are good. The sound is good. Uh, it uses the GBA chip, sound chip pretty well. It doesn't sound as good as uh, Earthbound does, but it uses the GBA chip well. Uh, for me, I guess I'm comparing, because I have them as notifications on my stream, uh, I compare like the Smash sound effect and the um, the getting an item sound effect. And I don't like the one in Mother 3 as much as Earthbound, but it still it works. It does it well enough. Uh, graphically, the game is cool. It One of the cool little combat changes that they do make is that they have your character pop up at the bottom of the screen whenever they're taking their action. So if you're mashing through the text a lot, what ends up happening is your character will... One of your characters will pop up real quick, and then the, the, animate, the text for what they're doing is, like, smashed the dog in the face or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, they just jump up really quick, and they're like, gotcha in the nose, and then duck away really fast again. They they pop up for, like, less than a quarter of a second, just like, boom, gotcha, gone. Is that for the GBA <laughs> one specifically, or? Yes, for the GBA okay. one specifically. Okay. That does not happen in Earthbound or Mother 1. Gotcha. That sounds funny. Uh, so what do you like better, one or three? Oh, number man. Number one or number three? <laughs> That's a really tough call. Um, I guess for now, it's very close. I, I guess I lean towards three, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm just like, I, it, three's writing of having it want to make you care so much doesn't do anything for me. Okay. But then one is very, very bare bones. I don't know. I don't know that I can choose between them. I, ugh. I, I guess three by the tiniest of hairs right now. Okay. All right. Cool. I like the rundown. That was a good. That was a good recap. Yeah, I like it as well. So really more about it too, but I, I wanted to get through more of it. <laughs> I wanted to get through as fast as possible since I talked about three games today. I can, I can understand that. Understand where the game gets a lot of its love from. But for me, it just uh, like it fails 
in a lot of the ways that people love it for me personally. Someone in my stream when I was playing through it actually said, I can't remember how they phrased it, um, but I was talking about how I have no attachment to the to the brothers, uh, either one of the twins or the mother that dies. Uh, and someone in the stream said that they think that it's supposed to be something where you, they didn't say project, but it was something like that more like, um, you assume more about them or something like that. And I just, for me, I just don't buy that. Wait, but I can understand where people would be coming from in doing so. All right. Jay. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What you been playing? Oh, actually, so I, tr- I wanted to try something a little bit different this time. So I started playing two different games, and I got about, I think, three and a half hours into one and two into the other one. And so I want to try and play... Th- I want to talk about uh, both of them a little bit right now, and then I want to progress through both of them, and maybe even... I-, I may end up just picking one and running with it, but I kind of want to try playing a couple games at once, because I was getting... Not bored, but like when I was focused on one game for like two weeks and like a two week sprint, I was getting kind of, it was like, it almost felt like work. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're playing like a game yeah. you may not be fully interested in, but you know might be really good type of deal. <laughs> Mother three. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, I started playing, um, Secret of Mana, which I've played before like a long cool. time ago. Um, and then Final Fantasy three, which I tried to play again. Oh, wow. Um, like I think two years ago, because they released the uh, iOS one and they released the GBA one just before that. I think it was GBA or whatever, whatever one of the handheld Game Boy ones. And I hated it. I couldn't stand the iOS one. I couldn't stand the GBA one. I didn't like the updated graphics. I thought the original graphics were substantially better. I thought the music was ridiculously better. Like there's just no real comparison for me. Like I, I think uh if I know Blake's probably seen this, Robert, but for the original Final Fantasy three, it kinda bring, reminds me of like five and six ish where it's like Yeah. It has well, like this kind of uh, more five by far. Yeah, sorry, more five. But it's like it feels kinda dark. The graphics are Final Fantasy one, but much more refined. The sound effects and music are so much better. And when they redid them for the iOS and for Game Boy, they made it this cutesy little happy fun time, just awful detail. Like it was just, it just didn't feel that good. Uh, Blake, did you play through the remake of Final Fantasy three? I haven't played through any of three three yet. I'm actually thinking of doing it for RPG year. Okay. Uh, once we get more of a release date on Final Fantasy 15 and some other stuff, I want to play it as kind of a lead-in. I want to play a lot of Final Fantasies as a lead-in to that. Okay. Uh, but I have watched some of it. I know some of it. Uh, which version are you playing? Uh, playing the original SNES version. Is there multiple ones for the original SNES? Of Wait, you okay, mean... so Final Fantasy three is in Final Fantasy six. It is the one for. It's the one with the the mogul on the cover. That's okay, so that's six. Technically, Japan, six. Okay. Final Fantasy three. Yes. Okay, I thought you were talking about the original Final Fantasy three. That uh, that explains. I thought you meant. We thought you meant Japanese number three, not. American. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, no, no, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I that's why. That's why I was like, oh yeah, it's a lot like Final Fantasy five because they have the class system in both of them, and that's the oh, basis. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, so I, the, the last time I actually played through this game was, I was like, probably 9, 10, 11, something like that, and I did not beat it. I got to the very last boss, and I couldn't do it. I tried for, like, a crazy amount of hours, like, 
it, I, I was obviously not as good at video games as I am now, but the, I just couldn't do it. I don't know why, but with that, I just remember there were a shit ton of phases, and each time I would get stuck on one of them. And I got so frustrated, I just gave up. And I never went back to it. And when they remade it, I was like, this is my chance. I'm going to go back through. I'm going to play it and beat it. And then I, di- I hated it because of the remake. I could not stand the updated graphics. I just, I don't know. It just kind of ruined it for me. So I'm going back and playing the original version that I played when I was a kid. And I'm loving it so far. I thought the intro was really cool. Um, the character development so far is, it's all right. I mean, it, it feels, um, it's it's very vanilla so far. There's some some things that are starting to develop that I'm kind of interested in. I like the combat systems as I remember it. Um, trying to think what else. Um, by, by far though, so I'm playing this one specific. I'm playing it on an emulator on my phone, and I love the music so far. It's been fascinating, or it's been fantastic. I wear headphones when I play it because I'm playing bed next to my girlfriend, but um, I think it's amazing, and I'm really excited to play through this game again. I really want to grind because that was, I think, the biggest mistake I made in the original one. Um, Blake, have you? did you beat this game entirely from start to finish? Yeah, multiple okay. times. Did you have any trouble with the last boss? I'm curious. Am I just... Uh, I don't think, I think I've only ever had trouble with him once when I okay. didn't go out of my way to do a lot of leveling. He can be a pain in the ass, but most of the time when I fight him, I love the game so much that I've grinded out hours of extra levels, extra magic, extra gear. So I can basically get up, like all of the fights leading up to him are usually pretty simple. Something like a W magic, a double cast of Ultima takes everything out climbing up to him, and then you get up to the final fight, and then, like, an offering Genji glove setup of just about any endgame weapons destroys him. See, I don't know what half of that meant. Exactly. It makes me really excited, because that sounds like Final Fantasy VII, you know what I mean? Like, where you kind of... I think it's even more so, because there's much more uh, customization in in this game compared to Final Fantasy VII, correct? Um... I'd say they're pretty similar, but different. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> they're they're similar amounts but different uh different execution i guess okay basically what one of my problems with final fantasy 6 is that by the end of the game the only thing that sets characters apart which to be fair this game actually has more separating characters apart than final fantasy 7 but it's that everybody can learn every spell in the game as long as you put enough time into it so the only thing differentiating characters is what their basic abilities are. And a lot of the basic abilities are not very good. Uh, things like Cyan Sword Tech is a huge drawback because you can get more out of just having him attack a lot of the time. Gotcha. Uh, and then there's characters kind of like... Boring. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then there's characters like Mog, who has dance, and using dance causes you to lose control of the character. Uh, same with Gao's Rages. Uh, for the whole battle. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, because the dance effect doesn't wear off. Actually, if he dies and then you resurrect him, he, you might have control of him again. I would not hope totally so. Sure. <laughs> or he might just go back into doing the dance. Um, <laughs> that's the only... That's like the biggest drawback there. Aside from that, uh, you can customize characters to a degree for sure. Like, you can cause them to uh, like get a lot better in one stat than they normally would be by using the Esper level-up system to get bonuses for specific characters. You can kind of gear a character towards doing a specific thing. If you don't want to put a lot of time into grinding the game, there's a lot of choice in specializing your characters out. 
but for me, like for me, I just love the game so much that I don't ever really get around to that point. Everybody that I want to have learn an ability, any set of spells, they're going to learn that set of spells. <laughs> anyway, like I can't even, I can't even fucking think right now. Like this is so fucking loud. It's pissing me off so bad. My God. Um, so how you said you're only like <sighs> two or so hours into the game? Uh, I am three. Let me see. I, I'm just playing my phone. One second. I'm three Was that hours like 60%? and forty minutes. No, <laughs> what? The fuck are you talking about? I'm like, are you kidding me? No, that's not even. No, that's like nothing into it. Um, I'm about three hours and forty minutes into it right now. Okay. So by that point, you should have made it. Um, have you gotten Saban? Uh, I think. Let me see. Actually, I can open it right now. Hold on one second. My phone will ever fucking load. Because <laughs> that seems. I guess that's no, around the time. I haven't time. actually. You haven't really. Wow. Wait. Oh, this is the wrong save. Yes, I have. I'm sorry. I okay, the wrong save. Right. I was really oh. confused because like that's not. That's not what I remember where I stopped. Okay. No, I have. <laughs> okay. Uh, where are you at then? Uh, I left. Let's see. So I rescued Terra. And then I'm trying to think what the last thing that happened was actually. Hold on one second. Because it's been a couple. Because I actually played more of uh, Secret of Mana over the last couple of days than I have Final Fantasy III. Uh, uh. Yeah. So that's actually the other game I was going to talk about. Um, I think I just got to the second major city. Think. I'm trying to see if I can think the name of it, but I can't even get to it right now. <laughs> I mean, I was just trying to get a general idea. No, um, I'm, I'm early yeah, on. I'm the game is pretty cool because it introduces so many different characters and a bunch of different mechanics. I mean, you've got the input commands for Saban's Blitz and stuff. Um, the early game in that is pretty cool. It. I don't know if I'd say that it really hits a bad point, but that's that's me. No, I mean, you and I, I mean, obviously in the past we've had a very similar taste in games, yeah. and so far, I mean, I've, I've really liked how things have developed, and uh, I'm actually enjoying it so far, so I mean, as long as it stays consistent like this, I think hopefully I'll enjoy it enough to actually grind, yeah. and have no issues with the end of it. So, uh, well, but yeah, so the second game I've been playing is Secret of Mana, which, um, again, is another game I haven't played for a long time. Um, I've talked about Secret of Evermore more times than... Robert's talked to... No, not even close. <laughs> not even. <laughs> not even close. Um, so Let this is... <laughs> oh, actually, I should probably talk about the dates. So, let's see. Do I have this one? Well, I have at least... Um... Secret of Mana is still open. Hold on a second. Pull my tab. So I'll see the dates and shit. Uh, so Secret of Mana was released originally August 6, 1993 for Super Nintendo. Um, the reason I actually ended up playing this game is because the person who introduced me to um, Secret of Evermore they were like, hey, you know, we both really enjoyed Secret of Evermore. This game is very similar. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, I still, I was still playing Secret of Evermore even after we beat it. Like, I would play through it, um, you know, a lot. I spent most of my time playing games at his house, so. Um, but he played through it. God, fucking damn it. I'm going to kill him. Um, I started playing through it with him because um, we, him and I would alternate because, you know, obviously back in the 90s, alternating games was a thing for single-player games. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy it as, as much as Secret of Evermore, but I am actually enjoying it a lot more because I've played through Secret of Evermore so many times that it's kind of a little bit has lost its magic to it, especially since the beginning of Secret of Evermore is so kind of bland. 
at first, and it you know obviously yeah, gets more sure. interesting. Um, so Secret of Mana is really refreshing because I've I, ha- I don't remember any of it, and so I was really excited to you know obviously re- redo the combat system. Um, and so far I'm about ninety, I think like ninety minutes into it so far. Um, I got through like the obviously the the basic intro of it, and I kind of got my first sense of combat, and it's really fun. I am really excited to actually explore it and see. Uh, the similarities and differences uh, in comparison to Secret of Evermore, and I'm actually really excited to talk about that in the future, you know, kind of compare the two back and forth. Um, I wanted to ask you, Blake, so in terms of, like, the combat system, is it as... I don't want to say... You know how, like, uh, Secret of Evermore, you, you obviously had you had magic abilities, you had uh, weapon abilities, you had ingredients. Does it still have that, that kind of essence to it, or is it more of an RPG-like? Uh, It's... Close. It's similar, but it okay. doesn't like it doesn't have ingredients. That's okay. about the only difference. You'll uh you'll get more characters in your party later, and you'll get magic spells as well. Okay. So yeah, I mean that those are the two games I'm I'm playing right now. Um, and I mean I'm actually I'll be honest I re- I'm really enjoying Final Fantasy three, but I'm more excited for Secret of Mana just because I am a huge Secret of Evermore fan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how much of a crossover is there? If at all, like oh, there's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, Secret of Evermore was, it's it's, it has the secret title because it's a similar gameplay style, but story wise, they're not related whatsoever. There's not even like little like not not cameos, but like I don't think so. Okay, I'll check. Um, Secret of Evermore was done by the U.S. A, a U.S. team that they were trying to develop at the time, and Secret of Mana was done by the it was a Japanese game to start. And so they've got completely different dev teams. If it had been both Japanese, uh, both Japanese development, then I probably would have. There'd probably be something there. I would think. I would think they at least crossover just a little bit. I would hope a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Did you watch the speed run of it at SGDQ? Secret Mana. No, I specifically turned it off because okay. I want to play yeah. through it. Yeah. Um, it was I watched an part of interesting. And, one. No, I watched like part of uh, Final Fantasy 3, because I didn't know what it was when I first watched it. I was like, oh, what is mm. this? And then they start talking about it. I'm like, oh, okay. So I watched it for a little bit, but no, I purposely skipped Secret of Mana for yeah. that reason. Um, I I do not like Secret of Mana as much as a lot of other people do. What is it about that you don't like? Did, are you a big fan um, of Secret of Evermore? I, yeah, I like Secret okay. of Evermore a lot. But Secret of Mana, I don't... It's. I guess it's just kind of boring. Uh, the hmm. The music is good. The music is really good. I haven't ha- had anything so far that stood out. Uh, Final Fantasy III to me had, has had way better music. Oh yeah, but definitely by far. Yeah. But um, it's like the bass, uh, the boss battle tracks, and uh, even just like the overworld music, just walking around and stuff. It's it's really good fitting music. Okay. Um, God, what don't I like about the game? I don't know. It just <laughs> it kind of feels yourself. like it has no direction. You know, actually, I forgot to talk about the pacing for Mother 3. So, all right. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about pacing real quick. I'll complain for a second. The pacing in Mother 3, the reason I don't like it is because you've got those first couple chapters where you're playing as different characters, and it's doing a little to set things up, but I don't feel like it does enough because later on you have a chapter, uh, chapter 7 that is almost as long as the entire rest of the game. Ew. Yeah, it's bad. Hell, it's really bad. That um, that's the only reason I don't like it. And the thing is, in that whole chapter, all you're doing is going around trying to pull the needles to wake up the dragon and put your heart to the dragon. 
That's it. That's all it is the whole time. Um, there's very, very, very little story development. And that's what I didn't like about that. And for Secret of Mana, I mean, I just, it doesn't have as much of a story to it at all. It, so it kind of loses out there just in general. It's not a bad thing though. It's a very goofy story that pops up and is there to make you go, gasp, we gotta beat up this big evil thing. Let's do that. I've noticed that they don't have, you know, the, the, the cartoon-esque humor in Secret of Evermore, those like really bizarre references. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen any of those. Is is that something that's non-existent? No, no. Secret of Mana is much more of a typical, okay, almost anime goofy story that's those, just there to progress the game. Those hold a very special place in my heart because I mean, even now, like you know, they're obviously not the funniest thing of all time, but it's still, yeah, you know, you still enjoy it when you when you see them. You still appreciate them, I guess. Best way to put it. Cool. Cool. All right. Cool. Is that it? Is that it for those for wow. Final Fantasy Thanks, 3 Robert. slash 6 and <laughs> Secret of Mana? Three, three games, technically. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Which one do you like better so far? So far, um, I'm enjoying Final Fantasy 3 more for the quality of the game, like the, the music, the graphics, and the story so far. Secret of Evermore, or sorry, Secret of Mana. Um, the combat system I obviously really like because it's similar to Secret of Evermore, if not like really close to it. Um, but I think similar, I, I, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's like almost there, but not quite there, I guess. Yeah, it's basic, Secret of Mana, if, if you go to play Secret of Mana before, uh, or after Secret of Evermore, it's gonna feel like a, a weird Secret of Evermore combat system, uh, not quite as refined. I'm trying Do you want to, me to, what to tell you something bad about the combat system later that's an exploit? Yeah, well, exploit, yeah, I won't use it if it's, uh, Well, okay, it's, it's kind of an exploit. It's just sort of the way that you get through the game a lot of the time. There's a thing where you basically stun lock bosses with constant spell casts. That's huh. how you delay up- their turn or what? Yeah, like they'll the spell will start to hit them, and their animation will stop while they get hit by the spell, and then you'll queue up another spell to happen right after that. And then you just keep doing that over Secret and over. Secret of Evermore has a little bit of that as well. If you time it properly, because you know how the, the mobs get dazed when you hit them with a spell? In Secret yeah. of Evermore, there was like that, they, they would stop combat for a second and let the enemy go, but you could kind of do yeah, that exactly. as well. Okay. It's a lot more often in Secret of Mana, you just completely lock them down for the entire fight. Interesting. Alright, Will? I played Will? a game... It came out for PC in 1999. It is Sid Meier's... What? Oh, yeah. Which one is it? Sid Meier's... Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri. Yeah, that's what I said. Good guess on Pirates, though. That was a good one. Uh, so, if you're not familiar with the Sid Meier games, he's the... So, the most famous Sid Meier games are, of course, the Civilization games, especially uh, Civ Four. Uh, Alpha Centauri is the same type of uh, game. It's a 4X turn-based strategy, uh, sort of like civilization building game. The difference between this and the Civ games, as you probably can tell, is that the Civ games are based on like history, so you're like bringing up a civilization from uh, you know like a very rudimentary uh, point in his like uh, like rudimentary technology. And bringing them up through history, 
uh, whereas in Alpha Centauri, it's more kind of future-based. The the backstory of the game is you and uh, well, there's a big group of people, a lot of different, just like tons of people are on a ship going to Alpha Centauri to start a civilization on this uh, faraway planet. That's kind of Earth-like. It can it can support Earth. It can support humans, human life. And while you're on your way there, everybody sort of splits into factions and has disagreements about things. And when you finally get to Alpha Centauri, everybody kind of lands on their own part of the planet. Uh, these different fact, these I think it's seven different factions. They all uh, kind of take carve out their own part of the planet. And you start off there, and then you're trying to build up your own factions, civilization. And uh, just like in the Civ games, you're trying to be the dominant. Uh, faction or dominant civilization on the planet. This you can do this through uh, military means or diplomatic means. Uh, there are you can customize what the victory conditions are for any given playthrough. So when you play a game, you there's not like one campaign mode or anything like that. It's like anytime you start a new game, it's it's sort of just like a more or less like a skirmish type mode where everybody starts off. And then everybody's just trying to build their civilization to be the mo- to, be, to be the strongest. And so you can again you can customize what the various victory conditions are, but typically it's like you can win, you can like conquer the planet through military victory, or you can like uh, get an economic victory where if you are like clearly the economic powerhouse after a certain amount of time, then you win. Uh, there's I think a technological victory where if you like reach the height of technology. Then you can win that way, and again you can you can turn certain you can turn these victory these various victory conditions off and on. So it could only be like a victory under whatever circumstances you want the, any given playthrough to be. Is this like a is this like the single player story or is this like yeah custom? Okay, so in so the actual wait. main story, you get to decide what the win win condition is. Yeah, yeah, bef- yeah. Before that's, you start, no way, that's cool. I win. <laughs> <laughs> win condition is I created a unit. When and it's just it's that way in the Civ games too. Whenever you start a new game, there are like it takes you few through a few screens. It's like how do you want the planet to be small, medium, large, extra large, humongous? Uh, do you want like what kind super of sized. Yeah, super sized? Super sized. That's funny. I was thinking. <laughs> Like what? What do you want the uh, like geography of the planet to be like? Um, and every time it's it's randomized. Like even even if you say I want it to be like islands or continents, it'll still uh, randomize it. It's just kind of like what generally do you want it to be like? And then one of the parts is like the rules for the game, and there's like a couple dozen rules or something like that, and and several of them are the victory conditions, and you can turn certain victory conditions on or off. And then so you go through all that, and then pick which faction you want to play as, and then you launch the game. And then you're just playing through the game however you set it up. Um, and so so you're so you're on the planet, you start off your civilization, you start with basically a base and like one unit pretty much. And so uh, what you want to do at the beginning of the game is start scouting around with your unit, see like what kind of land is around you. See if there's any other uh, like factions around you, and just kind of like start just like you know mapping out the planet so you can so you know where everything is and is this where other people or? are. It's turn based, yeah. Okay. So like so it's a grid based game. Okay. Uh, so you you move your unit like like the like the unit you start off with can move like one space at a time. 
So okay. one turn, he moves one space and scouts a little bit more. And you just keep going and going like that. Uh, and there's also like little probes that are supposed to have fallen like off of the spacecraft that you were on. And if you, uh, and if you like take your unit and like walk onto a probe, then he kind of opens it up to see what's inside. You can get like money or some of them will like actually have, uh, like other units in it that you can use, things like that. And so what you want to do is start expanding, start, uh, terraforming the land around you so you can use it for various things to like to 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 build up your your civilization and make it stronger and all that uh you and then you want to like set a balance between do you want your uh the the people like the workers in your civilization do you want them to spend their time researching stuff so you can get more advanced like technologically or do you want them to spend more time uh, working to just kind of like build up more money and stuff for your for your empire, uh, or do you want them to spend more time expanding and that kind of stuff? So interesting. When you uh, typically you want to at least expand once or twice right off the bat. So there, so that's another unit that you create. Basically, you create like a colony. I forgot it's a colony like builder or something like that. It's this truck, and then if you find a good like point of land that's got like rivers or some sort of uh, land around it that you can use to build on, then you want to take it there and go ahead and start another base right there. And so like each, every time you do that, that starts more or less a new city. And every city has like a, a, like kind of like a sphere of influence more or less. It's got like two blocks in every direction that it can, that you can use the, the resources on that block. So if one block has like uh minerals or something like that. However many workers you have there can you can set them to work various blocks and get the get extract the resources from those squares that are next to your base. If it's like a food resource, then eventually if you get more and more food then you get then like that's kind of like you're giving uh you're able to sustain, to sustain a higher population. And then you get more workers and they can do more things. So typically you want to get as much food as you can right off the bat. So you get more workers. And then you can set them on other things like getting, like extracting minerals and that kind of stuff. You have to use uh, terraformers, which is another unit, uh, on, to be able to work most of the land. So like if there's a river or like some moist land, then you can send your terraformer over there and uh, it can build a farm. And then if there's like rocks, then you can set it there to, to set up, to the, you can send the terraformer to set up a mine. You can, uh, if it's higher land, you can have it set up solar panels so you, so you can get more energy. And then one thing that's pretty cool that you can do on, uh, any block. So like, uh, mineral, minerals might give you like, uh, two minerals per turn or something like that. But you can set up a forest, which will give you like one of each thing. It's like, uh, minerals, energy, and food are the three resources. A forest will give you only one of each, but it gives you, uh, but it gives you all three. But forests over time will like grow and expand on their own. So like after so many turns, a forest will grow, will grow, and then the next block right next to it will automatically turn into a forest. So that's like kind of a good way to like get good use out of your terraformers is is build a couple of forests right off the bat, so they'll gradually grow over like the scope of the whole rest of the game. Interesting. It sounds like there's a, so, a lot of stuff to do in a single turn. Is it? Yeah, there is a lot of stuff to do because there's also <clears throat> once you start uh once you find other factions on the planet, 
mm-hmm. you can you start having like diplomatic relations with them. So they might get in touch with you or you can contact them and they might be like, all right, uh, I want to trade you my knowledge about this technology and you send me this technology. And you can decide whether you want to do that or not. You can decide whether you want to like, uh, set up a peace treaty with, with, with other, with other, uh, like leaders or if you want to straight up like become allies with other people or, you know, of course, if you want to go to war with them as well. So the there's always. Uh, that's a to no. Some maybe, extent, if you didn't see it, oh, okay, maybe not. To some extent, because, well, it's predictable in the sense that every faction has clearly defined characteristics. Okay. And they typically will follow those characteristics pretty consistently. Like, for instance, there's one faction that's like the Spartans. And of course, they're, you know, like always, they're, they're more into military and war and that kind of stuff. Okay. And sometimes they'll be like, uh, alright, do you want to sign a peace treaty? And if you don't, then they'll pretty much like attack you pretty soon because their army is going to be a lot stronger than yours early on usually. Hmm. But, but even, even then, like one time I met them and, uh, we became allies and, because it was early on in the game, she asked me if I wanted sure. to be their ally, and I was like, yeah, definitely, because I didn't want to get my ass kicked. And then there was this other guy near us that we both went to war against. And so <laughs> after we got done kicking his ass, then we were kind of sharing the same – you can you can walk on each other's land if you are allied with each other. Okay. Uh, and so we were kind of like in each other's places. And all of a sudden, I got a message that said uh, this girl that I was allied with had sent a spy into my base and stolen some of my technology. So even though we were allies, they kind of like, yeah, she like broke the treaty to do that. So then it was up to me, like whether I was just going to like let it fly or, uh, or I was going to like call off our, call off the treaty and, and start attacking her. And that's typically been my downfall in the game so far is like, okay. if someone starts attacking me, then I never just like let it go or I'll never, or I'll never be like, if sometimes they'll attack me and be like, okay, if you send me like, uh, 50 credits, then I'll stop attacking you. And I'm always like, fuck no. But then, like I, all, but I'm always weak in the early game, so I always get my ass kicked because of that. Because uh, I, I usually go. Uh, I I typically play as uh, an economic faction. They their their okay. whole culture is kind of like based on uh, economic efficiency. Um, there are there's one so there's there's that one and then there's the ones that are like based on like you know just like straight up military might. There's one that's called, I think, the Hive, and it's kind of based on like they don't really value human life, and it's just kind of like everybody's working together. Uh-huh. Uh, they don't they don't care if the citizens are happy because there there's certain like bonuses and and penalties like if your if your uh, if your workers are unhappy. Gotcha. For there you don't re- I think like you get fewer penalties if they're unhappy. It's just kind of like you want. It's just kind of like they're almost everybody's slaves just about. Okay. Uh, there's one that's like a, that's like uh, based on science, where, so they will uh, like research technology really quickly. And then there's some that are like really pacifist, and some that are sort of like religious fanatics and that kind of stuff. And again, I, I typically I typically played the 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 economic the ones that are kind of like an economic powerhouse. And what what else is kind of cool about it is, so in Civilization, as you're walking around, there are other units that you'll come across that are not part of another like actual uh, civilization in the game. It's like they're bar they're, they're barbarians, and they'll just kind of like come and attack you just for no reason. 
And there's no, you can't like have diplomacy with them or anything like that. They're just kind of like random hostile units. And there's also like animals, like you can come across like bears and lions and stuff that'll kill your guys. In this game, there's kind of a similar thing. They're they're uh, these worms that will attack you. Okay. But what's what's interesting is there's fungus throughout the throughout the planet. Like it's not on every tile, but on some tiles there will be this kind of like space fungus stuff. Anywhere where there's that fungus, these worms can come out of it at any time without you seeing them beforehand. So, like, in Civilization, if there was a barbarian coming at you or, like, a lion or something, you could see it as it's approaching you. But in this game, the worms can come up at any time, anywhere where there's fungus, and you might not know about it. And so you have to be really, really careful in the early game. You always have to have, like... So you've got your one guy scouting. Typically, you also need to keep... You need to have one guy another unit built right off the bat that just sits at your base. Because if a worm pops up and then just decides to attack your base, like, that could end the game for you within, like, the first couple of turns. That actually happened to me once or twice. Uh, It can also do it where, like, you build your first uh, colony, like, your colony truck, whatever it is, and, uh, and, like, I've had those be killed before, which is a pretty big deal. It's like, imagine, like, StarCraft II, you're trying to expand, and, like, your expansion gets killed right away, you know? Like, that's that's a pretty Mm -hmm. big deal. It's kind of like the same thing here. If if you happen to come across one of these worms and you don't have a guy like escorting it, mm-hmm. then the then it basically doesn't stand a chance against the worm, and the worm mm-hmm. will destroy it and set you back really far just right off the bat. I even had games where I had like five or six bases, and they were, uh, you know, kind of spread out but not really far from each other. But I just had one that like wasn't uh, defended very well, and uh, worms all of a sudden popped up and they destroyed it before I could do anything about it. So you have to really play, I feel like, very carefully in this game. Um, I, These worms I'm are reminding here. me of Tremors all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> They're called mind worms, uh, but it's not because like they attack your mind. It's because like they burrow into your mind when they get yeah. you or something. Oh, like that. oh, that's nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, nice. I'm gonna sleep tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, uh huh. And so, I I did not. I'm not very good at this game. I kind of got hooked on it for a while, and I, I've actually I'm in the I've I've got a game saved right now that I started playing this afternoon, and uh, I'm not again I'm not very good at it. I I for the first like a little while as I was playing this I would always get killed off like I, I would always lose something major right off the bat to these damn worms, and then I got to the point where I would get farther in the game, but like I would always focus on kind of building up my uh like expanding a lot and building up my economy building up my uh my research and not building very big of an army and then trying to attack people when they attacked me instead of sort of trying to like figure out some sort of truce to have with them and that always got me killed so i was just kind of playing it a little bit dumb but uh but it's a really fun game it's really cool to like start off and like you don't know like where anything is and you have to start exploring you don't know like even if they're if you're just like on a little island or if you're on like a big landmass or anything like that, so you have to play it very differently based on like what kind of planet is is uh, is generated for you, because you know you might have to build like sea bases and have like and like ter- like quote unquote terraform like these parts of the sea to, to to mine stuff there, and then like also have like boats that can go across the water and then like transport stuff so you can go like check out other places. Or if you're now, on, like, a big land, are these, you don't need any of that. Are these maps randomly generated or no? Yeah, they are. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't realize mm. that. Yeah, they are. So you can choose, like, uh, I th- I always just had it go purely random. I think you can choose, like, what kind 
of of map it is. So you can choose if you want the planet to be islands or like continents or like one giant landmass. Uh, but even still, even what, whichever one of those you choose, it still randomizes that. Okay. So it'll it'll be like, okay, here's these islands, but I'm gonna randomize the way the islands are, for instance. So it's always different every time you play, which which is which to me that's that's, that's a whole pretty lot sick. Of like yeah, yeah that's it's, really it's really fun because you always have to explore. You never know like what what the map is mm-hmm. gonna be like, and you don't know if there's like gonna be another like civilization right next to you, or if you're gonna end up having a lot of space to yourself. I had one where I got locked in like super tight. I, I had like barely any land because uh, I was on like a small kind of island, but then there was another guy like right next to me, kind of like locking me into the very tip of it. So, uh, so yeah, really cool game. It's it's pretty tough. I think I'm starting to get the hang of it. I've played it for probably ten hours or so now, and uh, I'm starting to kind of get the hang of it. I still tend to make stupid decisions, but it's cool. Like uh, like seeing what your uh, scientists kind of discover as you go along and what kind of technologies you unlock and that kind of stuff. Is there some the RNG f- to it in that regard? There is a little bit, but typically okay. the first like three or so technologies that you unlock, they're mm-hmm. all going to be, it's like that. The It's like the first five or 10 minutes of any given game. It's pretty much the same stuff happening over and over again, as far okay. as what kind of stuff your, your uh, scientists discover and research and that kind sure. of stuff. Uh, of course, like it's always different what kind of uh, like problems you encounter right off the bat. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not just the same every time. But, but as far as that part goes, it is a little bit repetitive right off the bat, gotcha. typically. But then it starts varying. And, and 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 again, you might start researching faster or slower depending on your situation. So that always plays a part in it as well. So yeah, really, really, really fun game, Alpha Centauri. If you haven't played it, I, I highly recommend doing so. It's really, uh, the first time I played a, uh, turn-based strategy game like this with, uh, Civilization 4, I never really played these games growing up. A lot of people did. I never really did, but like, I think I played Civ 4 the fir- for the first time about two years ago, and I was at this point used to, uh, like playing like RTS games like StarCraft and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, it's so disorienting because the whole, the, the mechanics and everything are so different. It's not like you have money, and then you decide like what units want to buy. It's yeah, like, you're not like, oh, I need to spend this right now. I don't yeah, want to be floating resources. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't like the resource like the resource mechanics are entirely different. It's like okay, I have this much production, and it takes that much production to build this kind of unit, so I can have this guy in six turns, or I can research this technology in five turns. Uh, or, or I guess actually that's kind of more like civilization. That's not really Alpha Centauri. Uh, or I can do, you know, build like a, another base in 10 turns or something like that. And, then, and so it's not even a matter of how much money you have. It's, it's more of a matter of what kind of land is next to you, what sort of land tiles you have your workers working on and how fast you can build stuff, not how much like money you have. It's, it's really, really weird if you're playing one of these for the first times after, after, after playing RTS games a lot. That's interesting. I've always wanted to play these games. I just really haven't dedicated the time to do it. Which one were you playing specifically? I was playing Alpha Centauri. Okay. Um, I really wish that I had played this, and also the Civilization games, like when they had originally come out, because because multiplayer I think would be so much fun on these, because it, it would be it's more kind of like a board game than you know like Starcraft, where it's just like. 
you know, play as fast as you can and do like a million things at once. It's like how many things can your mind focus on at one time, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas this is a lot more laid back. You Obviously, since it's turn-based, you have all the time you need to like move all your units around on your turn and see what kind of happen, what kind of stuff happens. And then with like the, the diplomatic elements and all that kind of stuff, I think it would be tons of fun multiplayer. Okay. I just never really got... I, I've never been in a situation to play one of these games multiplayer. I, w- I wish I had. Sounds really fun, honestly. Yeah, it's lots of fun. I actually got it for like, I think it was in a humble bundle, just like a few weeks ago for pretty cheap. Uh, I'm really, I'm really happy I picked it up. There you go. Yay! Woo! You guys ready for top threes? No. Oh yeah, because I have a lot of input for this one, Robert. I know you do. I know you do. Top three things we don't like about point and click adventure games. We finally got we. We. He means Blake and Robert. We're supposed to do this like three episodes. I mean, to be fair, I don't know that much about point and clicks either. I know them, but um, I have not like I'm super familiar. I played less than five in my entire life. I I probably have too. That's. I would think five is enough to figure out things. I said less. I think one or two is enough to figure out things that you don't like about point and click adventure games. Well, yeah, I know, but things that I okay, I have things that I don't like about them. So, but I, I just don't think they're like. That's all you need. Okay, I got you. I can understand. I'm just go fuck yourself, Robert. He doesn't agree. He <laughs> hates us. That's all. <laughs> oh, I love you, Blake. We did. Oh, look at you being mm-hmm. nice. Sweet. We got some. Uh, we we got some thoughts on this from Jeffrey Walker on Twitter. When we uh like back like a month ago when we decided that we were gonna do this top three, he sent us a tweet and said uh only. Point and click I ever played was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh my I was God. nine so and got sick. <laughs> yeah, I never I really want to play that now. <laughs> <laughs> I really do too. I wonder what it was for. I have to find that out. He said, "Uh, I never. I was nine and got stuck very early. Could never figure out what to do." <laughs> Unless he means the one that AVGN played, which was on Nintendo, which I guess is kind of a point and click. I don't remember. It's similar ideas for sure. I have to look into it. Um, okay, so who wants to go? Who wants to go first? I can start since you know I have a lot to say about this. Okay. Uh, so that number three thing you don't like about point and click adventure games. So I'm just going to talk about the extent of point and click adventures that I've played. Uh, Mist, uh, I think, and then there was that one game I played for the podcast a couple months ago about the kid in the museum. Like, I, I almost oh, said it right. right. It's like a kid's game, right? Yeah. So th- that's about the extent of them. Um, so the number one, or number three thing um, is I get really bored because of the how slow they are. Um, and I know that's the whole point of the game, but that is like my biggest complaint about it is there is not enough going on that keeps my mind busy to a point where I want to continue to play out of choice. That that's it. Yeah, I think that's definitely definitely fair, especially if you get to a point where you're stuck. Oh yeah, that's that's my number one, and yeah, so yeah, I'll talk about that. Sure. But, yeah. Um. By the way, we're doing this because well, we we're doing this because I like point and click adventures, and I thought it'd be interesting to to think about the things that that are not good about them. We do the same thing. We're not trying to trash point and clicks. Uh, we we do the same thing with RPGs. 
I think Jay's trying to crap. I think Jay It's like it's like if somebody said, "I really enjoy this genre of music," and I said, "I don't listen to that genre of music. I don't appreciate it, but I can still, I can still understand why people like it." And I think there's a couple elements that people really appreciate about point and click adventures. Those just don't interest me. Like prime example, Lisa's playing Final Fantasy XIV with my roommates right now. She hits escape and skips every single cutscene and all the story. And I do the same thing because I don't think the story in that game is interesting at all. My two roommates think it's crazy that she does that. Like, I, I think it's crazy. Think for Final Fantasy XIV, it's, it's like the only MMO that has a storyline worth paying attention to, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, if you like it, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't interest me. I play the game That's, for the gameplay. The uh, thing that I didn't like about XIV's storyline is that it's difficult to just keep up with it. Just because it's so far spread out when you get the story events. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, when you and I were playing Saints Row uh, the Third that time <laughs> on multiplayer, I was like, I want to. You were like, can we skip the cutscene? I was like, no, I want to watch this. It's funny. Yeah. And you're just like, you just kind of AFK for a minute. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Just does interest me. Nothing. Yep. All right, uh, me or you, Blake? Um, I think we should end with you. I think that will make more sense. So I I'll go. So okay. Yeah. Uh, my number three is bad click hit, click boxes. Uh, so That's you good. have to gather up things in these games and point and click games. I mean, the whole idea is that you point and click on things. We're, I think that much is obvious. But sometimes there will be an item on the screen. You'll put your mouse cursor over 99% of the screen, and you'll miss that one magic pixel that you actually have to hover your mouse over to be able to click on an item that you need for a quest later in the game. And then you can't complete that quest because you couldn't find that one single pixel where you needed to hover your cursor. Yeah. Yep. Definitely a problem. Um, are we going to, should we go with obvious? Should we go ahead and throw out an obvious one? It's probably going to be my number one, but yeah. It'd probably be all of our number ones, I would think, but I, I, think I so. don't know that I can make another number one. I cannot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, that's cool. We'll, we'll keep it in there then. We'll keep it in there just knowing <laughs> that it's probably going to be the same. Uh, all right, so my number three then is when the game doesn't give you, uh, especially at the beginning of the game, but really at any point in the game, where it doesn't give you any indication or any direction. Like, it doesn't give you any direction or any indication of what you yeah, should be doing Mist right was now. Yeah, huge, huge that like that's obviously one of the games I played for, it, but that was one of my biggest complaints in that game. That is very accurate what you just said. It's funny because I see what you're saying totally, but I I don't I didn't have that problem with Mist because to me, Mist was like all right I'm in this weird like uh, kind of mysterious place. I'm gonna go like figure out like where I am and what's going on like that to me. And that setting was like that was enough impetus for me to like get interested and have something to do. I'm like, all right, my goal right now is just to figure out like where I am and what's going on right now. Um, but I can see what you mean by that. The ones that like I think of are the the first one that comes to mind to me is uh, Police Quest. Oh God, which was it? Five. Whatever the last one, whichever one I played for the podcast recently, it was four, Police Quest four or five. Where you literally start off sitting in your office. The fuck? And, like, you can try to get on your computer. You can look at this, the stuff on your desk. Then you get up and you walk around the, the office. You can go to the, like, locker room. You can There's go to no other... no guidance at all? No. You can just walk around and do random shit until, like, 
once you do a few certain things, uh, <clears throat> like not not that are not told to you, but like once you just happen to have done like these few, you set certain, off enough triggers. Then yeah, once you set off enough triggers, then like somebody calls you up and they're like, hey, come come talk to us at this place, and then then things kind of start to get going. But like that kills me because there's like literally no story at all right then, hmm. and it's like okay, I don't like. I need some reason to want to be playing this game. Gotcha. I don't really care about just walking around a police headquarters aimlessly yeah. right now. Jay. Hi. What's the second worst thing about police? Um, so this kind of leads off to what I said originally uh, was, you know, obviously games are too slow. These games are a lot of times very story driven, and that is not something <laughs> I play too many games for anymore. Um because, like it has to have either a story that is just unbelievably good and just engrosses me entirely with a decent amount of the the action or combat or gameplay being interesting. But when it's like there's not really that element to it, I mean it's a legitimate point click adventure. It's just it's too story focused and there's not enough of anything else for me. Like I understand that the puzzle aspect is to kind of fill that void, but it's just too too story focused for me. Okay. Blake? My number two is puzzles that make absolutely no <laughs> sense whatsoever. That's a good one. Uh, there's yeah. one of the King's Quest games. I watched a playthrough of it. And at one point, you're being attacked by like this abominable snowman or something. I don't remember what it is. And what you're supposed to do is you throw a cream pie at him. You could throw that cream pie at just about anything in the game and achieve the same effect, but this is the only time in the game where it causes the guy to fall off a cliff. And it's just little things like that that just don't add up to making any kind of sense whatsoever to where it's only we're going to work in this specific situation that just drive me fucking nuts about those games. That was going to be one of my honorable mentions, but like... That's the the pie in the Yeti's face is a classic example. Uh, and l- another f- pretty famous example that comes up a lot. So this is uh, maybe for the next like 30 or 60 seconds, Monkey Island 2 spoilers. In Monkey okay. Island 2, there is an infamous monkey wrench puzzle where there's like a, a pipe somewhere that you have to turn off to get this like waterfall to stop flowing or something like that. And, uh, the way you have to get the pipe to turn, to turn off is you go to a bar and there's a monkey playing the piano. You have There's a metronome on the piano as well. You have to put a banana on the metronome and then the monkey stops playing the piano and just stares at the metronome. Then you can pick up the monkey. What the then fuck? Then you go <laughs> – he, st- right. he picks up the monkey and he stuffs the monkey in his jacket. And then you walk or you like ride a boat back to the other island where the pipe is. And then you have to use the monkey on the pipe, and he literally pulls the monkey out of his jacket, shapes the monkey into a monkey wrench, and wrenches him until the pipe, like, turns off. You didn't oh figure that out? Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. So based on the information you provided, you couldn't figure that out, Robert? Really? God, you must be <laughs> super stupid or something. Yeah, what's wrong with I'm you, super, I am super stupid. But, yeah, like, like, there's one thing I will say. Like, some games have, like, uh, goofy, weird puzzles that, like, still make sense within, like, the context of, like, the the humor of that game. Yeah, um, like the monkey wrench, but... 
No, I mean, still, I even think the monkey wrench takes that too far. But like one one that I that I do think of is like uh, in the first Monkey Island game, you get a rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle, and like that's that item makes no sense whatsoever. But it's it becomes pretty clear in the game like when you're supposed to use it. It's like oh, I need a pulley for this. That's just kind of funny that it happens to be in a rubber chicken, but it's not like you're using like a a chicken. <laughs> where you need to have a pulley, <laughs> you know, like okay. it actually makes sense, even though it's like really weird and dumb. But it, but to your point, Blake, when the puzzles make no sense or it, like, like it just completely like comes up with its own logic, you know, that yeah. that destroys it. <laughs> it just throws logic to the wind. It's like it works because we said it does. Yeah. Uh, my number two is when the difficulty is too high. Yeah. So like. Not just because, like, I mean, so in some sense, you know, you want a high difficulty, but I feel like uh, in adventure games more so than any other type of game, like, this can really kill the game very quickly. Whereas, like, if you're playing a platformer or even just a straight-up puzzle game, maybe, uh, like, if you're playing a platformer, we'll use that, in, that as an example, if you come to a really hard part, you can at least, like, keep trying over and over again to kind of like get it right. And eventually uh, you kind of like build up the skill or you can at least keep playing the game. But if like the difficult, this kind of, this is kind of, I guess sort of along the same lines as puzzles that don't make sense. If the difficulty is too high and there are puzzles that you just cannot figure out, then like, you know, of course some of the puzzles you want to be, you want them to be tough. So it takes a little while to figure out, but if it gets like sure. too hard to where it's like really hard to figure out, then the game like just comes to a halt. Because nothing else is happening. You're walking around different places, clicking on things, talking to people, using random shit on other random shit. And like, it, it be, once you do that for like a little while, it just becomes boring to do that. It's not like a fun experience just to keep walking around, like using every object on every other object that you can think of. To, so I to feel kinda, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel like point and click adventure games specifically, you kind of have to, really watch the balance of the difficulty and not get too tough or else you get into this part where it just becomes boring. Yeah. I think that to just kind of like lead off of that is, is that when you complete it, finally, once you figure it out, if you go, that was fucking stupid. I just sat there and did this over and over and over until it finally, I figured out exactly what I needed to do versus, Oh, that was really cool. And I actually had to think and, and figure out the specific action that needed to be done. And actually like logically made sense. It's not just random. I think that's kind of the difference between the two. Yeah. Mind. yeah, yeah, I, I think so. All right, yeah, no, I got you. Jay, what's number one? Uh, my number one, which I, I think is what we're, I think partially what you guys are going to talk about, is just the spam clicking aspect of it, which is kind of what you were just talking about. Just like, okay, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to spam click everything until something else happens. Um, I'm going to use every item on a variety of different creatures or mobs or whatever else is available until something happens. Like, you kind of just lose interest when you get to that breaking point. You're just like, I'm done with this. I'm just going to sit here and do this until I get through it. Yeah. And it just kind of becomes mindless. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. When it's just – um, it's not my number one, but when all you're doing is sitting there, I'm just going to try every item in my inventory yep. because nothing here makes sense. Yeah, that sucks. It does. It sucks. Blake, I think I know what yours is. Yeah, I think we know what both of us. I think you guys touched be. on it a little bit. Um, I haven't really touched on it yet. Okay. Mine is unwinnable scenarios. 
getting yourself backed into a corner, whether it's like you get to a point in the game where you can't backtrack, but there's an item that you need to solve the puzzle that you're currently in and you don't have it. Uh, that's some of the worst shit. And the game, when they don't tell you that that's happened, that sucks. (laughs) That's the worst. When it's just like, I don't know if I'm just not using this item in the right spot, if I have to stand over here, if I have to stand here instead, or what. Unwell scenarios are the most bullshit, stupid design about point-and-click games, without a doubt. I get the feeling that's not Roberts, though. No, that's mine, for sure. Okay, it is yours, okay. You didn't say anything, so I was like, "Yeah, I was is, like, oh, Robert has something." Is, does he have something? No, else? I wanted to let you. I wanted to let you have your your say. Yeah, <laughs> I. The all yeah, so there are two different types of unwinnable game states. One where you basically die, and it's like game over. Uh, which I don't like those in point and clicks. Alone, like yeah, that doesn't. That. I mean, it doesn't really work. It's like okay, I'm just gonna start over and like do the same. Series of actions like couldn't there have been an alternative besides saying game over to me? But so those aren't good already. Uh, but what's exponentially worse is when you don't know it and it doesn't give you any indication that nope you cannot progress any farther or you're not going to be able to beat the game because you you didn't do this or that. Like the fact that that alone can happen is one thing, and then the fact that there's no in, that you don't get any indication that you can't beat the game is takes it to a whole nother level. Uh, I'll use King's Quest again. King's Quest, uh, God, I think it's five. Um, where they're like the, the, the Yeti that, that Blake was talking about, where you've got the pie and you have to throw it at the Yeti. You can eat the pie at any point in the game and then you don't have the pie anymore. And so if you get to that <laughs> part of the game and you've eaten the pie, then you lose or you can't get past it. But there's nothing to tell you that. And you get the pie at the very beginning of the game, just about, and the Yeti is almost at the very end of the game. Uh, another part in the same game is there's this one point, uh, I, I, I believe it's random, where you walk into one area, there will be a cat chasing a mouse, and you have a shoe in your inventory, and if you don't throw the shoe at the cat at that point, then your game is fucked because any that, that's the only time you will ever see that scene happening no matter how many times you go back to the area and you have to do that to be able to advance in the game because like the rat like helps you out later on or something like that oh yeah i remember that that's really early on too isn't it uh yeah it's really early on it is yeah so yeah unwinnable game states especially when you don't know when you don't know that it's unwinnable that's absolute bullshit worst i would say not even just worst like game design in in adventure games i would say that's like the worst game design that you can have in a video game period uh yeah (laughs) i can't can't think of any yeah i can't think of anything worse that a game can that That, i don't the thing is like i don't know of any other games that are really bad about that except for mario maker levels (laughs) mario maker levels yeah yeah, I don't think there's any other like type of games where you can get into a situation like that. Um, I guess there's a few maybe RPGs where if you didn't save right, you can kind of get fucked. Yeah, but I mean, even that, like playing through it again is kind of fun because you can do things differently to be more efficient and be better off. Sure. Whereas with the point and click adventure, you're like, okay, I did the exact same fucking thing to get to the same exact point. 
Like I, I agree with you. Like I think the, that is probably one of the worst mechanics I've ever heard. Is specifically when you lose and the game doesn't tell you. That is. Yeah. Yeah. At least when it oh. kills you, it's like, yeah, oh, like, I oh, know okay. I died, so right. <laughs> of course I something has gone wrong here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my the only other honorable mention I would have, I already said I had one of mine was puzzles that don't make sense, which which Blake mentioned in his. <laughs> Uh, I would I would say that one other thing that I would just like to note that can kill an adventure game for me is when it doesn't like visually look good. Like even if like I don't care if the graphics are bad or good, but just like whether the art is bad or good, really. Because a lot of for me, uh, a lot of adventure games is not just like playing through and kind of like figuring that out this and that, and, and uh, most of it I, I I think is the story. But a big part of it is also like seeing, like just like looking at the scenery, and then when you get to a new area, like being able to like see what it looks like, and it's kind of like the the exploration aspect of of it is kind of interesting to me. Like I always wanted to, like when I was younger and playing these games, I would always want to get to the next part of like Monkey Island, for instance, so I could like see what it looked like. Like that was a big part of it for me. And if a game like doesn't look visually interesting, then then I really have a hard time going through with it. Gotcha. Anything else? Are we done with our top three terrible mm-hmm. things? Anything else? Do we know what we're doing next time? I don't... Did we have anything that was like... Uh, I thought there was something lined up. That's what I was thinking as well, but I'm not sure what it was. Uh, I've got a few, I've got some stuff written down. So I've got, we could do, uh, best art design in a game for a certain console. We did, we did that for Nintendo already. We could do something similar to the one we did for Super Nintendo last time, like most defining or most important games for this or that genre or console. Uh, I've got best character names to name your kid after, favorite classes in RPGs, best voice acting. Um, we're, uh, we could do another worst things about some genre, weirdest games you've ever played, biggest milestones of gaming, best gaming accomplishments of your own, game worlds you'd like to live in, and best ripoffs, but I think that one would be a hard one. Characters to name your kids. That's really funny, actually. What you guys want to do? I'll let you, I'll let, I'll let y'all pick. Like, which one stuck out to you? I don't know. I was actually going to have you limit it down and then pick from that limited list. I don't want to do another worst of because we just did one. We yeah, just yeah, did yeah. most defining, so we should probably stay away from that. Um, can you say it again, excluding things that... Yeah, so best the- art design in a blank game. So like can you explain ins- that? We could do, like we did that for Nintendo. Like the best like Nintendo games, the best art design. Like not necessarily the best graphics, but like they look the best like just from an artistic standpoint. Um, we could do, uh, so there's that best art design and, you know, we could pick a console, best character names to name a kid after favorite classes and RPGs. That might be a little bit limited, but if you want to do it, it uh, it could be fun. Best voice acting. Uh, voice acting is kind of tough for, for classic. Yeah, I think it would be kind of hard, but it might maybe interesting. You know, Uh, it'd be interesting characters you wish had voices. For, for when they were actually uh, released. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like your characters, yeah. your favorite characters that 
you wish had voice acting done for them? And maybe who you, who you think it should be done by? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Blake? I think we might be onto something. Um, I think we could try that one, sure. Right, I, 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 I definitely agree with the first part. The second part would be a little bit hard, though, because, like, specifically myself, I don't know. I think Blake is the most knowledgeable when it comes to voice actors for video games. But I know some, but I don't know. I don't, I, you know more than you me. I think I'm just going to bullshit some answers probably if I have to on who well, it should then be. Let's just, keep it, let's just keep it simple. Well, all right, as a bonus, we can have yeah, a who it should okay. be. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know what voice actor I'm going to say for every single one of mine, right? Oh, for God's sake, <laughs> David Bowie. <laughs> not Bowie. Wrong, David. Wrong, David. Let's see characters. Uh, I'm writing it in Skype right now. Uh, characters who you wish had voice acting. What you think they would sound like? Who should do? The voice acting. I'm glad that we can hear all of this. Yeah, thank you, Robert, for letting us know secrets. Alright. Alright, cool. I think that's going to be a good one. So, send in at mail at classicgamingpodcast.com your top three characters who you wish had voice acting, what you think they would sound like, who should do the voice acting. Alright. And I think, I think characters that have um, no, no, I'm just going to say characters that, that have limited amounts of, of voices, like just noises, should still qualify, if you know what I mean. I do not know what you mean. Okay, we'll just talk about it next time, because I, I have some okay. specifics. I don't think you'll mind. So, What if, does the character have to have spoken lines, or, or are we saying like, oh, if he could talk, if he did talk, then I think he would sound like this, and this person should... Yeah, that, that's fine, because I mean, you, you can interpret it however you want, because I mean, I think it'd be okay. funny to be like, hey, this character I really like, and I would love to hear what they would have done with this voice, and who it would have been done by, because I think it'd be really funny, even if they had very limited speech, or a very minor part in a story. Doesn't have to, I don't think it has to be a main character, as long as you can explain it well. What do you think... Who, Big Dog Blake? Who do, think, who do you think Sonic would sound like? Blake the Hedgehog, 100%. <sighs> Sonic would sound like... That was a really cool speedrun. Hey, dudes! I'm gonna leave you in my dust! Who would it be? Johnny Young Bosch. Let's go with that. I have no idea who that is. That's okay. Exactly. That is okay. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Let's go on to emails. Anything else to say about that, or are we gonna jump over to emails? No, we're good. Alright. We got we got uh, two emails from a new listener, Ryan. Hello. Ryan says, uh, "Hey guys, so I've I've scanned Ryan's email. It's a pretty awesome one, but I haven't read the whole thing because I I always like to read it for the first time here. But I, I skimmed through it. He sent us a good one. So Ryan says, "Hey guys, first things first, y'all have a great podcast. Hero great in all caps. Let's give him a hand. Nice. Thanks, Ryan. Let's give us a hand. Yeah. All right. Let's give ourselves a hand. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan." Thanks, uh, this winter, yeah. I had a yeah. big hankering to get out. <laughs> What'd you say? Uh, okay. I said this, yeah. Okay. I said yeah. This winter, <laughs> this winter, I had a big hankering to get out as much gaming as I could before my second spawn is born. I stumbled onto, <laughs> I stumbled onto your podcast in hopes to fill the void of gaming while at work. So I've been binge listening for the past couple weeks now starting with one of the pods that had Earthbound listed in the title, and then liked it so much I started from the first episode and beyond. 
Oh no! I, oh, not the. Post- <laughs> no, no, you don't <laughs> Robert, delete those from the fucking website. No, dude, I added a, I added a disclaimer to the first episode. <laughs> this awesome. like, this is like, this really isn't good until like episode like seven or something like that. Oh, uh, I've also been listening to. They, they sound really bad too. Uh, he says I've also been listening to the recent ones as well. I grew up on the NES, SNES, Sega, N64, and PS1. I've taken up some of y'all's suggestions and started to play Legend of Zelda. I have uh, I I have a couple. He says I couple more dungeons to do. Uh, I guess that means I have a couple more gun- dungeons to do. Gunstar cool. Heroes got stuck on the spacecraft level, then accidentally deleted my saved file. Dragon Warrior Four, fourth chapter, and just started Oops. up. Just started. What did he just start? You the most happy. Final Fantasy Tactics? Yep. <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics, all right. Good, I like this guy. All right, keep talking, keep talking. Final Fantasy Tactics. Then he wrote a big old smiley <laughs> face and said, y'all have done a great job in convincing me to play this. Good, good. I'd like to share a... That's what we're here for. I'd like to share a story about my memorable and most embarrassing experiences with Earthbound as a kid. So I previously owned Earthbound when it came out. I remember seeing it in the Nintendo Power... And loved the art style, the story, and characters. I had to own it. When I finally got it for my birthday, I was in awe. It came with a, it came in a huge box with the guide and the scratch and stiff snicker pack. I can recall one of the smells smelled like patchouli. As I was getting, <laughs> as, I was getting as I was getting, patchouli is not bad. It's not good, but hippies not good, like but it's not bad. hippies like to smell good. patchouli. As I was getting farther and farther in the game. I must have dropped or did something with the pencil eraser Apple Kid or Orange Kid gave me to erase the iron pencil statue, and I believe in order to progress, I need this item. It was gone. I was devastated and never replayed the game, though. Can you do that? No, he probably put it into storage or something. That's he, what he I'm thinking. He gave it d- to... Call it Escargo Express or something. Yeah, yeah, I bet that's what happened. Uh... I was devastated and never replayed the game. I'm not sure what was worse, dropping the eraser or years later making the grave making the grave mistake and letting someone borrow the game with the guide and never sing it again. Oh, oh man. Oh, I've done oh, that oh. so many times with games, dude. Ugh. He says, no worries. I'm 17 hours in the game on an emulator knowing full well not to get rid of that fucking eraser. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I'm with Blake. I don't think you can actually get rid of it, but you, pr- but you can... But you probably had it stored or something. You probably put it in the storage or, like, um, maybe you gave it to – or you hadn't gotten to that part of the story yet. You hadn't done it. Or maybe well, you, like, I gave it to another – I think to get the eraser, you have to have the receiver phone on you, too. So he may have, like, put his receiver phone into storage. Oh, and, and, not been able to receive the call telling him it was available to come pick up. Did you know that in uh, the Japanese version, well, in Mother 2, instead of pencils, it's uh, octopuses? <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, no. it, was some, it was some sort of, like, it's not an eraser that you use, but they were octopuses blocking the path, and whatever the object was... It was some sort of like play on words that works out the same way as pencil oh, Maybe I have heard about that. That part sounds familiar. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, hope this email isn't too long and I'm defiantly writing back. I have a suggestion for one of your top three. Hopefully it's not too close to top three controller episode I just listened to. Top three memorable licensed add-ons that enhanced gameplay or was part of a special game. Ooh. For example, Power Glove, Super Scope, Game oh, Genie, Super game Nintendo Genie. controller with the extra buttons, yeah. Magnifier with speakers for Game Boy, just to name a few. Oh my god, yeah. Oh my oh, god, man. I forgot about that. I had that shit. Before the Game Boys had a light on them, I bought this fucking magnifier that attached it. It was plastic, oh. and it had a light yep. on it. Oh my god, I yes. completely forgot about that. I never I even had... used those, but every time what? I think about the Game Boy... Well, I didn't really do Game Boy, remember? Oh, okay, I played Game Boy a lot, dude. Yeah, I did not. But every time I think about the Game Boy, I actually picture that. Yeah, I had the exact same thing, Jay. Okay. It's like the big fucking magnifying glass and like the speakers that come out the side. It's got like lights shining into yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be a good one. Let's, let's maybe, I'll write this down. We'll maybe do this after, after the next episode. Um, hope this email isn't too long. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Thanks again for a I hope podcast. this email isn't too long. Immediately followed by blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that that cuts right to the heart of the matter. I'll be honest, his that, email is not that long. Like, in comparison to some of them we've had, that no. is not yeah. bad at all. This really we've had long. some long-ass emails, and we don't mind long-ass emails either. We're happy We're happy yeah. to have... I'm tired of hearing Blake talk, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, keep writing in, Ryan. Send us as, send us as long of emails as you want to. Uh, he says, thanks again for a great podcast. Keep up the good work. P.S., I gave you all five stars on iTunes under the Nice. That's where it's at, boys. It was I had his uh I'll pull it up I'll pull it up in a minute, his review. Uh but then he sent him another e- keyboard, Robert, that's why. What? Don't you remember? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, one. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. I see it every time I go and check out our reviews to see if we've got any more. Um I bet the second email is just him tearing into us, just like God, I listened to episode X, and now I fucking hate you guys. I just wanted to take everything back that I said earlier. <laughs> About uh, that email I sent, uh, disregard it, please. <laughs> here, here, here's his review. Stumbled on this podcast, and now I can't stop listening to it. Funny, knowledgeable, makes you want to play the game they talked about. Thanks for doing this podcast. I'll be writing in soon. That's awesome. I'm going to click, yes, this review was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. Sell out the uh, fucking ring right there. <laughs> what a dude. And then he sent he sent us a follow-up email and says, I wanted to respond to my favorite breakfast food. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Even though it's too late, but I'm very passionate about my most favorite breakfast. Dude, what's up? So at Waffle House, they always serve mayo and pickles on the side of your breakfast sandwich. What? <laughs> what? What? That's a thing? Egg, sausage... Eggs, sausage, cheese, biscuit, or toast with mayo and pickle is complete heaven. I'm gonna I ask like Chris. everything else there. Hold on, so I'm gonna be my mic. I yeah, like everything I'm... else that he said there. Mayo and pickles. Mayo and pickles. Oh! Is it like... Is it like you dip the pickles in mayo? That's what it sounds like. Come on, don't talk about it even more. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm really my... interested in this mayo and pickles thing. Okay, I haven't eaten all yeah. day, but now I don't want to. <laughs> what happened with your roommate, Jay? I was asking him because he's from West Virginia, and I always ask him, like, whenever I hear bizarre things like that with food, I'm always like, 
Does he she know was like, about is this? that a southern thing? I'm like, no, I don't know. I've never heard of that before, like ever. That sounds that sounds like if you put those in your system at the same time, you puke. That's what I think of. Like mayo and pickle. Like it automatically turns into like a chemical reaction. I'm gonna <laughs> that sounds awful to me, like honestly. Alright, well Ryan, we still appreciate you letting us know. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh okay. You got you guys wanna do current gaming subcast real quick? Sure. Um, Wait, did you, oh, right. okay. There was the same email from the same. Okay, never mind. Uh, I've been playing two games. Uh, I just bought yesterday. I bought uh, sort of halfway on a whim. Anno fourteen oh four. That's another four X game, isn't it? Sort of, not really. It's it's okay. more it's more of a it's kind of like a it's kind of like Civilization crossed with like more of a city building game. Um, it's not turn based, and it's not really. It's it's like so you you're on this little island and you got to, and you start building your little town and uh, so you got to like make sure that you have like a fisherman hut and like that you're making apple cider so they have something to drink and it's like really rudimentary type stuff like that but then you got to like explore and find other islands to set up other towns on because some islands like will have iron and stuff like that that you need to like advance your 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 towns. But, like, the one that you start off on might not have that. Or, like, the one you start off on might not have hemp, which you need for, like, clothes and ropes and stuff like that. And then you can set – eventually, like, you can get – I haven't gotten very far in the game, so I really don't know how deep it goes into all this. But it seems like it eventually gets pretty complex, like, all the different stuff you can do. You can eventually, like, set up trade routes where you'll have a ship. You Like, once you build a ship, then you can have it go from island to island. And you tell it, like, what you want it to pick up from each island and what you want it to unload at each island. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's really, really a cool game. It came out in 2009. Hmm. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's, an, it's another one. Like, I'm kind of on this, like, strategy slash... That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, I was noticing that. I was like, didn't yeah. you just play a bunch of strategies? Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> this. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So I've been playing that, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I I feel like I've barely even scratched the surface on on what on what there is to do because like the campaign basically is a tutorial because you can okay. do campaign or just like sort of like free place or like how any mode in Civilization or Alpha Centauri is, and uh, but the campaign is more or less a tutorial. It kind of like shows you more and more stuff as as you get farther into the game. Those are like all so the, yeah. That's like '90s RTS right there status. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like that. Uh, so I'm. I'm still seeing what all there is to this game, but so far I'm having tons of fun with it. I also started playing a couple of weeks, or I guess it was like, I guess I bought it actually during the Steam Winter Sale. I've been playing a little bit of Dark Souls. Hmm, okay. What? Yeah. You're not good enough and to like, play a game like that. Huh? <laughs> Continue. What'd you, what'd you say? You said, said that you. you're not good enough to play a game like that. I'm not. Because, <laughs> uh oh, no, yeah, I like I, I'm not very far, and I, I came across the same problem that I had with Demon Souls, which is where I end up just playing the same section of the game over and over and over and over and over again until it becomes boring. Yeah. I keep dying so many times. It's a really cool game, and I really appreciate it, and I really respect the game, but I'm just not good enough at it for it to be fun. That's funny. Like I just got past. Well, I'm not, technically, I'm not even past it. I don't know if you remember this part, Blake. I'm sure it's been a while since you played. But at one part, like, at one part, there's a giant boar that you have to kill. Yeah, yeah. 
It's not. It's like not. It's like maybe four or five hours. Yeah, it's, it probably. It's not, it's not even that late in the game. Yeah, it's not far at all. But like, <laughs> I got to the save point after that, which is probably like a good maybe five or ten minutes after you kill the boar. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I got killed right before I was able to save. Oh, so wow. I still. It took me like eight tries to kill the boar, and then when I finally did that, I lost before I was able to save it. And so, like, the boar is dead now, and I don't have to kill him again, but okay, I lost yeah, all Yeah, that's the what XP. I was going to ask. As long as you've got the boar dead, it's not too bad. I've got him dead, but I lost all the XP for killing him. Oh, you lost your soul. You died again trying to get back there. Yeah, I died again, and so, oh, and I still oh. have to get... Uh, and it's like, okay, I, I... Like, I've probably played it for, like, six hours, and that's about how far I am. It's sad. Yeah, that that doesn't take that long usually. I had a pretty hard time really early on after you reach um the first save point, the first real save point and then you have to walk across the bridges right before the miniature fight basically. And I had the hardest time getting to progress there. And then after I made that happen, uh things started to kind of fall together for me. Before then though. Oh man. I spent a few hours just trying to get to uh Get through that fucking point. Oh my god. Fun times. Good game. Yeah, it's a really good game. What, uh, what have y'all been playing? Um, right now, I'm playing Diablo 3. Oh yeah, the, the new, new season of that just started. Yeah. And I wasn't gonna play it, but I literally, I was sitting in my chat and I was like, I really hate how when the new season comes along, it's like it, you need to f- work so hard to find those set pieces, and it takes me days, hours and hours and hours and hours of playing just to get half of my set pieces, and it sucks. And people are like, oh, yeah, this time around, they've got, like, quests that let you get your set pieces as soon as you hit 70. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I've heard really good things about it so far, though, from a lot of yeah. people. So I'm just leveling up while we do the podcast here. Um God, what else have I been doing? Some Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, and then to continue my mother's saga, sort of, for my stream, I've been playing uh, games that have been influenced by the Mother series. Games like... Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So right now, I'm in the middle of playing through this funny-as-fuck game that I did not think was going to be this good called Citizens of Earth. It is one of the most well-written games, uh, as far as comedy goes, that I've probably ever played hmm. the pun like puns puns get used way too often because people aren't f- funny enough to make them good which sucks which really makes puns boring as crap the thing is this game does puns and it does it really 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 well i think the best joke that i've seen in the entire game and one of the best jokes that i've ever seen was a a thing called churoboros which is a churro that wraps back in on itself. Uh, churro, if you don't know, is a... Delicious. Uh, yeah, they're delicious. The and just combining, the, yeah. smashing those two words together and having the genius presence of mind to actually do it was... I was pretty much sold on the game right then. It's a great... <laughs> it's kind of like a Pokemon meets Earthbound kind of game with... It's it's weird. You collect you're the vice president of the world and oh, okay. you're collecting people. Yeah, that now it makes sense, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and you go around and you recruit citizens into your team. And these citizens do all sorts of stuff. Uh, they've each got like their own special things. Uh, they've got their own strengths and weaknesses, and you get to combine them all into a three-person team that you use to go and fight the enemies of freedom, basically. And uh, the Earthbound aspect comes from the fact that the game is actually very silly. Uh, the combat, like you go, like I said, you go around and you recruit other human beings. And these humans, you you get like a homeless guy that joins your team, who attacks enemies with dirty socks, shit like that, you know. Uh, there's another guy, a conspiracy theorist, who attacks enemies by talking at them and trying to convince them that the government is really evil and they're hiding a bunch of secrets and shit. How uh, is the game? Name? Uh, this came out. About a little over a year ago, I think. Actually. Okay, so it's, I was gonna say this sounds really like this sounds newer. Like it has to. Yeah, be yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a fantastic game. If you like RPGs, pretty much at all, and if you like humor in your games, uh, do yourself a favor, go pick up this game. You will not be disappointed. It looks like sort of like Earthbound, also kind of. Uh, visually, it's especially the battle backgrounds are very yeah. obviously influenced by Earthbound. Uh, definitely no question about that. Uh, the battle system in general is definitely in, uh, Earthbound as well. It doesn't have the rolling HP, but it's got the silly attacks, it's got the oh, weird yeah, backgrounds, okay. it's got you fighting, uh, enemies like, uh, you fight protesters, you fight secret service men, and silly crap like that. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> Jay, I was in Blake's chat when he was playing this game. Mm-hmm. And I, I completely derailed the entire chat. I wrote, uh, oh my hey, God. what do you guys think about string theory? Why? And literally, for the next 30 minutes, the chat was only talking about string theory. It was somehow, somehow evolution got mixed in there and butter. <laughs> yeah, we started talking about butter versus margarine because I wasn't oh. exactly sure of the differences. Really? Oh my God, margarine's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but butter is such a pain in the ass to spread. It sucks. It is, man. but margarine. Do have you ever like? Have you ever eaten like a little piece of margarine before? Dude, I love it. Margarine I would rather eat butter sense. than margarine. What? what? Uh, Jay, any anything to add? Uh, no, I not really. Oh my god, <laughs> that threw me off. Like I'm still the margarine thing just threw me off. Oh my god. <laughs> I was really hungry. That's what threw you off. You're just like, God, margarine and butter. I just, ah, what No, butter, butter's fine. Margarine, like, are you kidding me? There's one, there's actually one quick, back to the emails real fast. I missed one thing. Uh, Not an email, but a tweet. Uh, Jeffrey Wachter sent us a tweet. He said, uh, this is, he's at S-I-F-L-Jeff8. He says, Jeff. He's around my stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he pops into to Blake's stream now and then. Um, he sent us a tweet after the last episode. He said, "Sness drunk was great as a guest host, which can be tricky." Rob's take on breakfast burritos was indefensible. <laughs> yeah, Robert. Uh, I like that just for the use of the word indefensible. <laughs> Am I the only person who thinks breakfast burritos is a ridiculous idea? Yes, like, yes, you are. There's nobody You're else. There's nobody yeah. else like breakfast. Don't burritos. support like, that's, Robert. Don't support. That's him. as bad as mayonnaise and pickles. Oh no! What? Fuck it's off. not no. even close. It's you can't just try and lump those together. 
It's like saying, having a cold is as bad as cancer. (laughs) Depends who you are, but yeah. Well. (laughs) All right, well, I think that's about, that about does it for this episode. Blake, if somebody wants to watch you play Citizens of Earth, how can they, how can they do that? They can come over to twitch.tv slash slackaholicus, or they can just go to slackaholicus.tv. Yeah. Jay, what if they want to watch you play Citizens of Earth? Nah, Doc, that ain't a thing. What's your address? <laughs> 612 uh, I, I learned my lesson. Yeah, 612 Wharf Avenue. <laughs> 612 Good one. Avenue. <laughs> Dude, I missed that show. Oh my god, I missed that show. We all do. Uh, Alright, send us emails. Mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. As usual, we don't care what you have to say. Just send it along and we'll Tell read Robert it. Robert, he's a fucking idiot with the burritos. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Nobody has done that yet. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna uh, tweet they it. will soon. It's been two years. We still haven't gotten that email. No. I think it means something. I think it's obvious. Follow us on Twitter, at ClassGamesCast. Also follow Blake, at Slackaholicus. Go to iTunes and leave us amazing five-star reviews. We'll read those, too. And then I have friends written on here in my outro notes. I don't know what that means. Friends like SNES drunk? Maybe? I don't know. Is that it? No, just maybe I want people to be our friends in general. (laughs) Did you make a Facebook for us? (laughs) No, I just want you to be my friend. Uh, Uh, um, Sorry. Uh, My friends list is full. (laughs) (laughs) My real life friends list is maxed out, man. It's, uh, I'll, I'll get back to you on that, though. All right, have a good one. If all goes as planned, two weeks from now when we record episode number 53, I think it is, we're going to have Tommy King, who uh, won our uh, the, the raffle in our contest uh, when we were donating to After School All-Stars. Tommy King got drawn to appear on an episode of the show. So we're planning on having him on at the next episode. Make sure you... Check that out, and I think that about does it for now. That's it for this episode. Everybody have an awesome two weeks, and we will see you then. Peace.